Are you going to North Wilkesboro this weekend for the Truck Series and NASCAR All-Star Race? If so, we want to meet you. Rick Houston and the Daily Downforce crew will be at North Wilkesboro Speedway this weekend. We'll be at the Moonshine and Motorsports Trail booth in the Fan Zone on Saturday at noon. We'll have a show truck there and some cool giveaways as well, so come check us out and say hello. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. Wasn't so, the first deal they built, I bet. No, no. You know, you, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy still when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item. Backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Eric Step here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at lionelracing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. 
Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. guys it's your boy darian gilliam <laughs> aka black flags matter back for another edition of the nascar weekly podcast we are we have our our usual panel tonight uh eric Eastep and the iceberg uh danny b is on vacation he will be back in a couple of weeks I already see the super chats rolling in don't worry guys i will read them at the top of the hour but we are joined by our lovely guest uh chase and dale from garage guys how's it going What's up? What's up? Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us, guys. It's uh, enjoy the show. So we're excited to talk some NASCAR. Oh, we enjoy your guys's content too. And you guys were recently at the Clash along with Eric Eastep. But before we get into that, Eric, you have a special announcement. Yeah, y'all might have noticed it during that intro, but we do have a new sponsor of the podcast at long last. Our friends at Moby. That's right. Moby offers innovative state-of-the-art men's grooming devices, each serving a variety of functions ranging from trimming and shaving to helping reduce acne and providing youth-boosting skincare benefits. Their all-new dual-system beard trimmer and sonic cleanser keeps your beard tidy and your face clean. High-quality stainless steel blades keep your beard styled at the perfect length. Use the built-in skin scrubber. That's right, this little rubbery part on the bottom right here to clean your skin, massage your beard, or apply beard and face products. This uh, Moby beard trimmer features an adjustable five-step guide for precise hair length, ultra-hygienic silicone bristles that that deliver powerful sonic vibrations, a charging stand, fully waterproof abilities. It's available at Walmart's nationwide. You can shop the entire range of Moby products on walmart.com. You can find out more by visiting moby.com or by clicking the link down below. That's Moby, if you know, you mo M-O-W-B-I-E. Really excited to have a new partner. Look, it even lights up. Whoa, I hope that's coming, coming through the, the thing. But yeah, it's it's... It's, it's outstanding. So really appreciate Moby uh, coming on the show and being a sponsor of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Exciting to see it grow. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on board. Yeah. We all have beards except you, Darian. Yeah. I recently just say I can't grow facial hair too well anyway. It looks like there could be an NFT in there. Like it glows. 
that glow, that glow kind of looked like Austin Cindric's car from The yeah, Clash. A little, yeah. a little bit of yeah. Tron. It didn't spin on. out yeah. though. It didn't spin out though. Yeah, like, not a hundred times. times. Yeah, hundred times. Very right. true. So let's get into that too. So uh, Eric Step and the Garage guys were both at The Clash. So Eric, we'll start off with you. Just talk about the atmosphere. What was this whole event like? Yeah, I mean, I'll be curious to hear y'all's perspective, but it was clear that there were a lot of new fans there. I thought the entire event was sort of put on the way you'd put on a college football game, you know, from the gates not opening until like two hours before the race. I'm used to being there all day, like crack at dawn to the to dusk, you know, and you couldn't really do that in this case. And, you know, I know you were talking before the show, Darian, about your parents are at the race. They were talking. Well, tell the story. What, what did your mom say? So my mom had told me that on a few occasions, like, you know how, you know, NASCAR fans, you're at a race, you stand up when when the uh, when the uh, the restart happens. Right. Well, uh, well, um, one lady there was like, Hey, can you sit back down? I can't see. <laughs> she didn't get up. So this was like so, her first race. So I think that that along with everything I observed proves that there was there were a lot of new fans, fans that at least hadn't been to a race in person. So uh, it was very lively. Uh, DJ Ski constantly was blasting through the speakers. So it was really. I mean, it was six hours straight of, of action, whether on the track, in the stands. I, I was impressed with the atmosphere. You don't get that kind of persistent sort of just beat that at Darlington, for example, or Martinsville. You know, so I, they certainly managed to make this event feel different than your typical NASCAR race. I would argue maybe they made it a little too different, but I, it was fun. It was really cool to be there in person. They clearly put the emphasis on the at track experience. I know TV, it sounds like had some technical glitches here and there, (laughs) typical, (laughs) typical Fox issues here and there, but in person, I I thought it was great. I thought it went off about as smoothly as you could hope for. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. I'll let Dale go. I know he's, he's red. He's itching. Yeah. So I heard about all the complaints from the broadcast, which doesn't, I feel like that doesn't surprise me. Fox probably has a lot to, a lot of work to do. But uh, as you said, the environment and the atmosphere was excellent to me. Um, the biggest thing I noticed, you kind of touched on a point about like how Darlington would be compared to that event. Everybody uh, was just so positive and happy. And Jeff Gluck had put a tweet out that I could not have agreed with more. And it was just blatantly saying that everybody he had talked to, everybody he ran into was so positive and so excited and so happy about the event. And that is a very refreshing atmosphere. That's how you know there's not a lot of uh, traditional NASCAR fans there, right? Because NASCAR (laughs) fans, a lot of traditionalists seem to uh, complain a lot. So, yeah, that was the biggest thing I noticed. I thought the racing was good. Um, Most of the stands were full. Of course, people still tried to find a a way to debate whether or not the stands looked good or not. But being there in person, having a good bird's-eye view of it, it was 75, 80% full. But the biggest thing was just the positive energy and vibes that were floating around no matter who you talk to. Uh, so it, I think it was a tremendous success from start to finish. Yeah. It was, uh, Oh, it was wild. I just, I just wanted to just add to that. We were talking about the fans. Um, we're out in L.A. Uh, everybody knows the the Channel 5 uh, return to Talladega and all that. They, I just had to give a shout out to Cyclops, man. Uh, Cyclops Shades guy. He was on the broadcast a good bit. 
you had a lot of a lot of wild boys and girls out there. So the the broadcast they they did a really good job of showing them off. So it was just good to see that energy, man. I just I, I can't get enough of it. No, we need more. It definitely looked like there was a lot of positivity out there, a lot of um, pretty um, positive vibes out there and stuff. But I have to I have to uh, address the uh, the whole crowd issue thing. Like LA sports fans are weird. They show up late and then leave early. So like I'm pretty sure that a lot of fans who haven't even been to any sort of racing thing in their lifetime. Probably saw the the um, the, um, the, uh, the time on the race ticket and thought, oh, okay, so it's just one race. No, no, there was multiple races that that uh, y'all missed. So I guess like that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'll say they they maybe could have done a slightly better job advertising that to the average yeah. fan because I've gotten at least a few comments on my videos that echoed similar things. Even for people just watching on TV, they thought it started at a different time or whatever. It didn't realize that they missed all the heats. So I, they could have done a better job advertising that. But uh, but no, your point about LA LA sports fans definitely seemed accurate i thought at least from my vantage point it really filled in around the start of the main event um during the day the the stands the portion of the stands that were in the sunlight were probably half full at best Mm -hmm. but by the time the race started i thought they were 60 to 70 percent full and that's when it really started to look like a packed house i did go back and see some of the broadcasts there was at least i think at the very beginning of the main event fox pulled out and did like a whole shot of the stadium as the cars were racing and it it looked cool it would look very full the cars were it looked colorful like that was a good image that's the image Fox paid all this money for was to get that shot. And I think I think it looked all right. But, I will say, oh, I will ahead, say I saw the LA Times, I think it was, or it was one of the local LA like affiliates or like news providers or whatever. Um, but their guess, I think they said was like 60,000 was That's, the crowd, their guess of the crowd. I know Adam right. Stern was being like very he was being very safe with that, like 50,000, but it's like that, that place did not look like it was only two thirds full. It looked a lot more full on TV. It's capacity 77,000 out yeah. there. I know. Cause like the main thing that we were discussing was the fact that you had to look at all of the areas that were blocked off for broadcasting purposes. That was a good chunk of seats as well. So, I mean, just looking at it from where we were staying, like Dale was saying, we were up on the seventh floor up top. And just looking at it from down, I mean, I barely saw empty seats anywhere. So that right there is just the, the indicator. I mean, it's it's banging out there. And I, w- I will say, uh, Darian or Eric, when you guys touched on this earlier, but uh, they could have – I do agree they could have done a little bit better job advertising, like, what time the heats were at. Uh, but it doesn't surprise me because heats – this is only the second time in the last 8,000 years NASCAR has done heats – uh, with the Bristol dirt race last year, they, they tried that out, but, um, I was a little concerned because for the first heat, we got there in time. We, there was a bunch of people outside the track. So we were walking around like, wow, this is packed. There's a lot of people getting food, beer, uh, merch. And when we walked in the track for the first heat, as it started, I was a little concerned at the crowd, but, uh, I guess that, that goes to show about the lack of advertising for those heats. Cause as the heats progressed, the crowd filled up like really, really quick. So. Now, I'll, I'll ask this because last year when like Darian and I were there, there was, you know, and I, gr- I granted it was like 35% capacity for the weekend and stuff. But even when you add that in, there was only like 2000 people maybe at most there for the clash. Mm-hmm. And if it had been full capacity for that week, it probably would have been only like 5,000. Let's be honest. 60,000 is about around 60 to 55, 60% of the front grandstands at Daytona, which they used to use there only for the clash. When is the last time we can remember the clash having over half the seats at Daytona filled up? Because that would be a shootout era. Early 2000s. Yeah. 
Exactly. Early 2000s, maybe, yeah. 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 So it's like, because I, I, I watched the clip of Junior winning in 2008. And the front grandstands back then, I looked it up, had 110,000 as their capacity. And that place maybe was 70% full. So it's like you have to look back almost 15, 10, 15 years to find a comparable crowd to what we had in this race. Now, I, I'll say this straight up. I had my doubts going into this, and I made it very well known on this show and online. Uh, I am completely fine being proven wrong, and I'm so happy I was. And, and we'll, we'll get into more of the racing stuff, but it looked like whether it was on TV, even with the bad broadcast, whether it was on Twitter or anywhere else in social media, seeing how it was the number one trend in the country and, and just seeing what it seemed like at the track. Like I, I, I am pleasantly and happily surprised. And I think it's something NASCAR can build on, to be honest. Winston was back. Yeah. It was Winston, back in full swing. Yeah, looking like it is For, back. Definitely. Now these guys were at the race. Me and Jarrett watched it on TV. Jarrett, let's go over the terrible broadcast. We, I mean, like it wasn't totally <laughs> terrible, but it was you know, Fox sports. Yeah. It was Fox sports standards, you know? So, um, uh, um, the, uh, the, um, the one positive I liked about it though, was, you know, Tony Stewart in the booth. That was pretty, I, I definitely he, enjoyed that. He, he was the one positive. Yeah, there was one that, positive, that, and it was Tony Stewart. I can't. Yeah, to be honest, now I can't really think of any other positives. Like the camera uh, angles I, were just so weird too. I'll say. I'll I like say some this. of Fox's new graphics. Aside from the cartoons, I liked some yeah, of the yeah, leaderboards. Okay, and stuff. so the graphics and Tony Stewart. That's about the only two positives. The rest was no, I'll, not so much. I'll say this: Tony Stewart, because like I liked the Boyer stuff at first last year because it was kind of new and it was is a little more you know, energy, especially after the way DW had been towards the end and then the two man booth. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I'll say this, like, even as someone who Clint Boyer kind of grinded my gears towards the end of last year, I really, really liked how Stewart was like the middle ground between Mike joy and Clint Boyer. Whereas like Mike joy is one of the greatest professionals, one of the greatest people to ever be on air for a NASCAR race. And Clint Boyer is sort of, you know, doing all the crazy stuff and having fun with it. Tony Stewart, was like both had the professionalism, but some of the zingers he would get in about different drivers or the different jokes he'd say always managed to lead to something bigger. So it was like, it was really cool seeing all three of them feed off of each other. Like if they, if they want Tony Stewart full time, it, it based on the clash, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Completely fine with that. Now, one thing I'm not cool with are some of these camera angles. I mean, it's a short track and like some of the stuff they missed too. I mean, we'll talk about this later more, but like, the one thing they missed was like Ryan Blaney was mad at Eric Jones during the main and then he apparently threw his Hans advice. I'm like, how do you miss that though? And apparently like the camera guy was right there. Like he was right there. All he had to do was just turn around and just see like, hey, he's about to. Well, they're too busy zooming in on the uh, the different college girls. That's crazy. Yeah, that's another thing too. They just kept zooming. Not only were they zooming in on the on-track action, but they yeah. kept zooming in on the did, like this group of college did did they show any of the broadcasts on the TVs there? Because when, when they had Ice Cube during the halftime show, <laughs> like they were zooming in on the same group of college girls the every whole time. time. Like it was like every yeah. three clips, it was like it was like on a timer. And I was I was I think it was it Slap, I think, who was like, How down bad is this yeah. uh is this camera guy? Yeah. So yeah, I, I saw it online. There was I, there was some TVs up top where we were at. Um I got to watch a little bit of like the last LCQ, which was just a beautiful, pardon my French, shit show. There's no other way to put it. Um, and uh, it was great. And and so I got to watch a little bit of that there. But I wanted to ask, like, I've seen so many clips of, and I haven't got to go back and watch it. I've seen so many clips, guys, of uh, Tony Stewart 
just just completely just ripping Joey Logano to shreds. What was the reaction when he won from Tony? Uh, I don't know. He did he really silence probably. <laughs> it was. It was it, I mean, he he sort of like said a little bit, but it was mostly Mike and Clint. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. He didn't really say too <laughs> much. Oh, no, like it was there, like just that. Just mm. yeah. They did. They didn't show the booth for a while, so yeah. <laughs> they roll his eyes every five minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't. There we had TVs around us, but I didn't really. I was not paying attention. To we TV were on the edge, man. Like, we watch. were we were waiting on Logano to win that race, man. That was a that was a big one for us. So and way, I will, hell of a way to kick off the season. I will say that. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought because I just thought about Logano winning. Choo-choo. That's money, but no, I um. What was I gonna say? Son of a gun! Somebody just start talking. Yeah, I Eric, 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 I'll pick up. I was well. I wouldn't. I don't want to like forward a conspiracy theory here, but I want to ask uh, the garage guys. I don't know how much you pay attention to the big screen during the race, but like you talk about the college girls dancing around Jared or Dare, whoever mentioned it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, the energy from some of those like big screen interviews. I don't want a conspiracy theory here, but. I think some of those were plants. I think some of those were actors. I think they got some actors in the crowd to talk about how much they love this, how much they're going to come back next because year. Because it was so positive they, every They cut time. to like, I think they got some child actors because they cut to like an eight-year-old with like some people around or whatever. And the eight-year-old, the, the, the lady goes like, like, are you having fun? And the kid does it without missing a beat. goes, I'm having the best time of my life. Oh, damn. Everyone goes crazy. Starting to I'm like, this feels scripted. I'm just like, I love the, the darnest things. But I'm like, this is a little too Eric, much for me. But Eric whatever. is going full Alex Jones on it. Yeah. They got crisis actors coming yeah. in and saying, they're they're saving the race. Get a foil hat. I've been to a lot of NASCAR races, seen a lot of big screen interviews, and none of them go as well yeah, as none of those nearly kids. every big screen interview went. <laughs> during the clash so either they just vetted them really carefully before they put them on air and said hey you having a good time oh yeah i am okay i'm gonna put you on the air or or there were some some child actors we are in hollywood after all that's my conspiracy theory for the year not a big deal but i i just mentioning the camera guy pointing at the ice cube people this, like i made me think about that this is hollywood this man they had like five-year-old children out on the like hollywood boulevard like doing some like yoga poses by stars dude there's no telling <laughs> Like There's these, no these kids were ready for that camera, bro. This, yeah. I remember this what I was going to say now. We're talking about the Ice Cube performance. I read on Twitter uh, a bunch of people were saying that the performance like felt awkward. Darian or Jared, did you guys feel like the uh, performance? Well, no, no. We'll talk about that a little bit later, like more of it a little bit later. But I mean, Ice Cube brought it. I loved his performance. But like the funniest part about this was he's at a freaking NASCAR race. A lot of the, a, a lot of those fans. Do not know how to freaking dance to rap music or R&B at all. <laughs> I at was just going to say. It was so, he was like, they were so freaking stiff. They were, I'm like, oh my God. Like, and I was texting my mom. I was like, I was like, I was like do you see this? And she's like, yeah. Like, like, okay. So that make that makes sense. I was going to say in person, it was lit. Like I, I, I loved it. I mean, I thought it was yeah, awesome, no, but no, I, I'd seen that. I'd seen those comments, so I was wondering yeah. what it was from you guys' perspective. Yeah. Don't forget I, about Mr. Worldwide before it all. Oh yeah, no, off. we'll yeah. get into that. We'll get into that later. I want to bring up one thing really quick. I find it, this shows like just how toxic NASCAR fans could be. That Eric literally is is forging a conspiracy theory about NASCAR fans being happy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no way you guys are really that happy. No way. <laughs> there's no way, right? Oh. NASCAR just, Twitter, baby. I, I just I, I just had to say that because it, it's so true. Like NAS, well, if, except at NASCAR races, NASCAR fans are pretty good. Yeah, but it's like just on in the general, internet. on the internet, there's just some of them are just so awful. 
Yeah, yeah, in general, NASCAR fans are such, can be just mean people at times, especially mm-hmm. like online. It's just it's funny. It's an entire can't conspiracy. Wait to see the metaverse, the the NASCAR oh, metaverse, God. how that's gonna play <laughs> out. That's gonna be crazy. Oh, you want to get into that? But, let's, but uh, <laughs> the next thing we'll get into, let's get into some of the on track action. First of all, the heat races as well as the last chance qualifiers. Eric, we'll start off with you. Um, just like uh, which one of those races stands out the most? I thought you know really. At the very beginning, I believe it was Blaney in the first heat race, Blaney knocked Hamlin out of the way in the closing laps for the final transfer spot. And the crowd reaction was was exciting. Like that was that was the moment where it's like, okay, we're we're getting started. Engines had fired, they'd run a few laps, but it was kind of like already getting into rhythm. When he knocked Hamlin out of the way, people got out of their seat. And I thought, all right, it's on. This is gonna be a heck of a night. So that stood out to me. Um, really, you know, it was surprising to see how uncompetitive some of the heavyweights were that had to go into the LCQs, Hamlin, Harvick, Keslowski, Truex, um, to probably a few others that I'm forgetting. But you know, your typical Typical favorites all won. Kyle Busch, Tyler Reddick, guys who started up front on the pole, held their track position. It was such a short race that they were all fairly straightforward. They had had their moments battling, you know, for that transfer spot. I think there was only one. I think it was heat race three, maybe, was the only one that didn't see much drama. The other three all had things to watch. And with only nine or ten cars on the track, you know, you could keep close tabs on every important battle. So I had fun watching them. Yeah, Yeah, to me, it's Justin Haley. That's like the story for me on the heats. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't I don't at least me and Chase didn't expect what Colleg would bring specifically with the 31 how fast they were, they were fast. and like like you said if you started on pole in your heat you were gone uh, the track position was very important but the speed that the 31 showed was was ridiculous and nobody expected that and uh, even like you said Eric the disappointments uh, Martin Truex and Denny Hamlin just yeah. I mean Truex might not have been able to even race his way in had he not have that provisional and they just dipped out on purpose, which was smart. Uh, I would think, I would think anybody would have done that. Who he dodged a bullet in that second LCQ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So uh, seeing Denny who we were pretty high on, on our betting stuff uh, and Truex struggle like that while Kyle Bush was arguably one of the best guys in the field. Uh, I wouldn't even say arguably he was, he was a top three car throughout the weekend. So that was a big story to me. Yeah, we had a really good uh, on on our podcast that we dropped today. We actually had a really good uh, uh, theory on why Colleg was so fast. Um, uh, Matt Colleg has probably found a way for the cars to lift weights um, just because they have that whole jam going on with them. You know, like they're they're in that groove. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He says yeah, Matt like, Colleg is always at the gym if he's not at the racetrack. Or something. Mm-hmm. Like, Big gym guy. I could see it, but cars doing squats. Yeah. yeah. For okay. me, the, for me, what I, I, the thing that got me for the heats and everything was just the fact that nobody was safe. I love that. Like I'm completely fine. You know, I know the charter system will never allow this, but I'm completely fine with that being the way NASCAR does things. It was cool as hell because I mentioned it in a video too, that, uh, you know, for like someone like all of us who are big NASCAR fans, like Brad Keselowski and Kurt Busch missing is a huge thing. That was crazy. But, but for the Her- people that this was intended for, like just hearing that a former champion couldn't make this race, that that in and of itself is a big enough storyline to make people intrigued and be like, wow, you have to be really good to be in this. If two people that won championships in this sport haven't, you know, can't make this race, like this is this is intense. Nobody's safe. That's what really caught my eye on on this whole thing was those two not making it. And then, like we were saying, Hamlin 
Truex, some of these guys that we are expecting to be fast being complete no-shows, loved it. I, I, that That's what caught my eye and what I love the most. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of parody. Definitely a lot of parody in the field. I'm an Indy 500 stand all day. Mm-hmm. And Indy 500 goes by that where you, no matter what, no matter how much money you have, no matter how uh, how, how talented you are, like you have to race your way in and, and qualify in without having some kind of provisional. So I, I love that too. I love that dynamic that the somebody like Kyle Larson could go home and not race. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and no, I thought this no was a good a good first try because you're right, Jared. Like with the char system, I doubt that they would implement this in a points race, but they did it for an exhibition, a big exhibition that, as we'll talk about, got over four million viewers on on in prime time television. And I'll be curious to see if any sponsors threw fits. You know, I wish we could know if if Keslowski's new sponsor threw a fit that he missed the show, or if Monster Energy's mad that Kurt missed the main event. Like I wonder, because that I think is who NASCAR was really watching out. They were protecting the teams from themselves. They were watching out for their sponsors by guaranteeing them into the into all these events. So with the charge system, you're right. Probably never going to see this in a points race, but we did for an exhibition. So the, the door is being cracked open in the future, perhaps. And- Cody Ware. Yeah, I was about to mention him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like I pointed out like that, you know, hey, like they're actually competitive and, you know, Rick Ware Racing looks competitive. And I had a bunch of people being like, no, Tony Stewart put that car together. That's it. They're just in good equipment. And Rick Ware Racing themselves was like just like a hawk monitoring every one of the responses to that tweet and saying, no, we we prepared it. We Mm. prepared it. So I'm like, apparently they prepared it. Yeah. Just say it. I, they have an alliance. Yeah. They have an SHR we talked to Rick. Now. Like, yeah. we talked to Rick when we were up there and on the top floor. Because, I mean, like, that's been a thing for me. And Dale and I both talked about it for a while. We had Cody on Garage Talk not too long ago, and he really went deep into this year. It's like there's always been that theory, like, if you just minimize the amount of vehicles you have in your garage and you put all of that work into one vehicle – that competitiveness can come. And I mean, Cody showed he belonged, dude. I mean, he didn't make it into the main thing, but that is a hell of an improvement yeah. for Rick Ware Race. And a hell of an improvement. Pipe of light. And also, people forget uh, Ryan Priest actually, he won in the Rick Ware Racing car because yeah. Ty mm-hmm. Dillon was such a weapon that NASCAR decided, nope, <laughs> get out of here. And let's, That's uh, a crazy let's thing. touch that on that like for a brief moment. Rifles. That was yeah. the most forgettable heat win ever yeah. like it i feel like it took me like 30 minutes to realize wait ryan freeze won that he ate a whole bowl of fries right, yeah, so let's touch it's on all that right really quick. Yeah. none of us watching the broadcast found out until we went on yeah. twitter <laughs> nobody so let's touch on that really quick eric so like you had both ty dylan and austin Cedric. both were just complete weapons out there what was uh, that second that? we can brush over the first lcq was the first one was that when eric almarola got dumped by todd gillen did that happen in the first one i don't that think was, that was the first Maybe I that was that the was, second as well. Or was that I a heat remember, race? The, it was one of the heat races, I think. Yeah. Uh, that was the only one of the heat races. That was, was really the only one that was only one of the big that was really the only big controversial thing that happened until that second LCQ. Yeah. So we can brush over all that type of stuff. Second well, LCQ. Austin Cindric yeah. trying to just like completely just run over everybody too. That was one too. Uh, that whole that second race, everybody was. Uh, yes, Ty Dillon and Cindric were probably the instigators in most instances, but Bubba was involved. Uh, Kurt Busch was kind of the innocent bystander. Alex Bowman was kind of the innocent bystander in a lot of those. Yeah, that, that You really just had a perfect grouping of drivers in that second LCQ. You had two rookies. You had both Harrison Burton and Austin Sendrick, and you could argue almost Ty Dillon almost feels like a rookie. He's not a rookie, but he falls into the other category of desperate drivers. You know, Ty, Bubba Walsh, kind of desperate. He's looking to prove himself every chance he's in the race car. Same goes for Ty Dillon, who's back. You know, he wants to make it a big impression. So you had a, a real bad combination of drivers in that race that <laughs> the moment one caution came out, you knew it was never going to end. It was just going to be an avalanche. So uh, 
I think some of it was just good, hard, short track racing. If you're in these cars that can take a hit, if you're in a quarter mile Coliseum, I think you have the green light to run over each other a little bit, but there were points where it got excessive. The fact that Kurt got KO'd by none of his own fault. He just got steamrolled by whoever the guy was that ran over Bubba. I think it was Ty Dillon, Dillon, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Harrison Burton was, was driving like a psycho too. He was. And then he he got dumped by Ty Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I was looking back at my own footage. I don't know how well the broadcast caught it, but I caught, you know, Cindric getting spun and then he kind of spun out in front of Bubba. And Bubba just gassed it up and just kept pushing yeah. him into the wall. He's like, yeah. he was oh, trying to jump him because they were just done with Cindric. So yeah, everyone was. It, it was a mess. I, I thought the fact that it only took place over about 50 laps, it didn't put a blemish on the overall event. If that had been the whole event, it would have been too much. But mm-hmm. as it was, it stood out. It was fun. Yeah. I like that we had one race that was like that. Though. Exactly. You had like seven total races. You had one small one that it, I mean, it did. It, t- it, it took a lot of time. It, it extended and uh, extended the, the start of the green flag for the main, but Austin Cindric, there's a difference between just beating and banging, just bump and run kind of stuff, uh, which we saw in every single race. And then what I saw with Austin Cindric was literally just, it looked like he wasn't even hitting the brake. He was just using a car on the outside as his brake. Excuse me, coming through. I'm in the two car now. I have to be here. I mean, it was it was insane, and yeah, Ty Dillon, very similar. Hey, Ty well, Dillon's but. back. I guess we all everyone's aware now. So. <laughs> well, and they set the precedent early, where everybody started doing it, really, except yeah. Kurt Busch, who had run away with it, and I thought it was an easy lock to win it, and like you guys said, just got completely taken out. Yeah. I loved on the big screen because at first, from where my vantage point was, it looked like Bubba took Kurt Busch out. It's like a teammate's wrecking each other. And then obviously I saw that he got hit from behind. The moment after Kirk gets wrecked on the big screen, they cut to Hamlin in the infield. He just has the most dejected <laughs> yep. look on his face. I thought that was so funny. Yeah. The one thing I didn't expect was I did not really think these guys would be going three wide. I really did not they see made that. It work. They made it and work. And they did it over and over again, going three wide and just somehow making it. It was, it was, it was insane. Every time they went three wide and they showed like, you know, they, pan over to someone three wide every time for like the first maybe 10 minutes i'm sitting there like puckering up and i'm like well is this just how it's gonna be the whole time like okay cool it's awesome and when, when, stuff. when fox it, wasn't like zooming in on the pores of the driver's skin that is yeah well thankfully uh <laughs> thankfully you know the main event wasn't as shit show we actually saw some a some spectacular racing um just uh so eric start us off with um uh, what'd you think of the main there yeah it, it was it was a mix. I, you know, it, I was excited to see Tyler Reddick pass Kyle Busch straight up for the lead. I thought that was that was really exciting. That I thought set the tone. I was really excited when he when his car broke. And I know then Briscoe and Hamlin they all broke like on the same lap basically. That that was really the one blemish. I thought you know obviously the next gen's a new car is going to have some little issues like this. Things that you know maybe wouldn't have broken the Gen Six that teams are going to be getting used to and parts that may need to be edited and updated as we go. But um, aside from that, I enjoyed how this race was divided into two halves. Reddick kind of stole the show in the first half laps flew by second half. You had some spins. You had Chase Elliott spin out. You had Blaney and Eric Jones, Jones put Blaney in the wall. And you had the Hans device throw that nobody saw, but the second half of the race was really Kyle Bush versus Joey Logano. Bush got away. Logano was chasing him, chasing him, chasing him. Caution. Restart, restart. Logano gets the lead. Kyle Busch chasing him, chasing him, chasing him. And then he fell off the last yeah. three or four laps. It, you, like, you didn't get that super climactic bump and run, spin and win finish, anything like that. But 
you had juggernauts of the sport, Logano and Bush, who have a history. They don't really like each other. It came down to the two of them, two of the most recognizable paint schemes, recognizable names. Overall, I thought it was good from a show perspective. And you had some exciting underdogs. Like you mentioned, like RCR across the board was fantastic. Reddick was leading laps. Austin Dillon was third. The RCR affiliates, like Justin Haley, was fast until he got junked by Kyle Larson, which you guys can talk about. Eric Jones, Petty GMS, that's another RCR line team. He was top five. Like I, I thought Chevys looked good, specifically RCR. They were sort of the feel good performers of the day. Yeah. 100%. I also. I think uh, a shout out should go uh, well deserved to some Stuart Haas. Uh, Cole Custer and Chase Briscoe were both were both really good. Yeah. Cole yeah. Custer was underrated. He passed a lot of cars throughout the entire day, and obviously when Chase Briscoe broke a drivetrain, he was running the fastest laps on the track mm-hmm. at one point. Yeah. So Stuart Haas, I didn't even think about the RCR affiliate with Haley and Eric Jones. So that's a really good point. Eric Jones, to me, is a big one running fourth after starting 16th. I mean, that's a huge day for him. I know he had gotten in that tussle with Blaney or whatever happened there, but still a good run and good momentum for for uh, Richard Petty to start the season. Yeah, yeah, and, and Eric, he said that it wasn't as climatic. If you'd have been by Dale and I when Logano won that race, you would have experienced the climatic energy of a lifetime, my uh. friend. Um <laughs> I, I just I want to just add really quickly just the uh, the fact that uh, th- that we saw the the drivetrain issues or whatever like those we got time to figure that out but I love the fact that Reddick is is showing out at this early and being able to do that putting up for California you know he was kind of that guy that got to do that and just looking back, like it, there are concerns for me and we already kind of brushed over, you know, the, the Brad K thing. And, and I feel like there are going to be some of that things with him taking over a new team. We don't know what that's going to look like this season, but we can't. The one thing I guess I want everybody to know, because this is what everybody's going to do is please don't base this the entire season off. This yeah, race. it's too early. Like, just, it's too early to tell. I love that we got classic KFB versus Logano. I didn't say anything about that. We hadn't, I feel like we didn't see a lot from those two against each other last year in particular. So that was really cool to start the season that way. The two most, you know, arguably the most polarizing figures in the sport going at it. And uh, they were close racing. I thought the finish was good. I I was happy with it. But man, like this was kind of brushed over. Oh, just really quick, Jared. This was kind of brushed over. I mean, like Larson, I mean, he just straight up lost his temper on Justin Haley. That's kind of surprising too. You don't typically see Larson get that hot headed on the racetrack like that, you know, but like, I mean, it wasn't even Justin Haley's fault. Like it was really William Byron's fault. He just shoved Haley into him. And then I guess Larson in that moment entering uh, turn one thought like, oh, he's going to pay me back or something. So he just took him out. I'll say this. I thought Haley certainly dove out of line. Like he was going to make a move, but yes, he got pushed by Byron into Larson, but yeah, no, I didn't mean to brush over there, but yeah, no Larson. I think we typically think of him as pretty even keel behind the wheel at least. And so to see that sort of sudden rush of anger, especially in a race like this where everyone was running, I'm sure Larson drove through people at some point during the day. Like the fact that everyone was getting run over, nobody got wrecked. Didn't even stack the field up that bad. Felt like an overreaction, but I mean, I think that's what NASCAR and NASCAR told the drivers beforehand to be aggressive. I like, I'm sure of it. They had to have said something, put on a show. Maybe Larson took that too seriously to heart. I don't know. <laughs> he's growing so his flow out, dude. The energy's coming behind. He's, he's, What's happening? I just I also can't hinge. imagine how frustrating it was that, that, that style of racing without just the dynamic of how short the track was and the heartbreaking, like everyone mm-hmm. was hitting everyone. So 
I could imagine the frustration levels being pretty high. I was I was kind of upset on Radioactive. They I didn't hear feedback from Larson after that wreck. I, yeah. I think Cliff Daniels or somebody or a spotter said that Haley hit him or something. I was like, okay, that's not what happened. Yeah. Like when you know, but no, I, I think the the frustration factor was huge and and that kind of stuff happened. I'm 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 gonna be really interested though to see how especially you know, because obviously we don't base everything off this race, but this is a short track. So we can at least kind of infer from here what will happen with short tracks. And I think also with road courses, because of how much contact is going to be made because of the similar style of racing, especially at tracks like Martinsville. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how the cars do hold up because from what it sounded like and what people were saying on Twitter is that it seemed like, and it like, when I say people, I mean like actual experts in it, not just Joe Schmo. Um, it seemed like a lot of the issues stemmed from either shifting or a lot of contact. And that's going to be something that is really, really big come road courses with shifting contact with road courses and, and short tracks. I, I am going to be really interested to see how that goes. Cause we did, you know, the main event was 37 and a half miles and we're talking we're going to do 250 at Bristol in the fall and 250 miles at, at Martinsville coming up, you know? So I think that's something that does need to be watched, not like blown out of proportion, like, Oh no, you know, someone's car had a problem. They're going to run out of cars tomorrow. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go that far with it and, you know, ring the alarm bells, but it is, it is something I think that should be watched. Um, I don't think we're going to have the same problems at Daytona, complete different types of racing, but I know a lot of people in the chat, we're kind of talking a bit about it. And I think that is something that is going to be, it's going to be an early season storyline. You know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to be, you know, sitting here saying that the sky is falling, but there might be some of these teams that are uh, might, maybe a few races in, especially if they have a few problems might be in a little bit of an issue. Here. I mean, it's, it's something you have to look out for. It is. I mean, like to see two of the top five drivers early on in the race, Tyler Reddick and Chase Briscoe, I mean, just, you know, definitely uh, potential superstars in the future of the sport. But, like, just to see their race be, you know, completely finished over, you know, a uh, a whole uh, a whole um, uh, mechanical failure. I mean, that was surprising. And both at the same time under caution. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's definitely something we should watch out for. But, yeah, I'm definitely with Jared on this one. Just, like, don't overblow this yet. You know, it's just one race. We'll see where we are six to nine races uh, from now. Nice. See what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. They so. should have that fit by then i feel like a lot of these like these first few races coming up the thing with daytona that gets me i don't, I don't want to get us off topic too much but just seeing the damage just from the the light hit that justin haley took on that car i'm just trying to imagine what what that is going to look like when these when these guys are going ah, full speed around that, that's a good point i didn't think about that that was a lot of damage for just a, a, a Kind of a small. It was nasty, like man. At like forty I think miles it broke per like hour. Like a toy car, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not gonna like Jared said. I don't think it's a time to freak out, but I definitely don't think it's a nothing burger that we're having a part shortage right now. And like Chase Briscoe, uh, broke, broke, uh, had mechanical failures twice. So I mean, if you're Stuart Hall, I'd be a little bit concerned because they broke a cable in uh, practice or qualifying. I think it was practice. So drive trains on Briscoe and Reddick and then uh, power steering for Hamlin. Yeah, that's right. 
That's right. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens as the season develops. Um, I guess on a lighter note too, you know, um, before and at ha- at at at, um, at, uh, at the halftime portion of the race. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, we had both oh, Pitbull. Oh, good. Yeah, we had Pitbull and Ice Cube. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, Mr. Worldwide himself. Dolly. Yes, the NASCAR yeah. owner himself of Trackhouse. And Ice Cube performing too. So, um, Jared, start us off with that. I mean, like, what do you think of NASCAR trying to, you know, venture out, trying to venture out of, of their uh, their uh, comfort zone? Uh, and this is nothing against country music in general, but it was so good not to have a country finally one. It's, it's something different. It felt good to have something different. I'm not someone who's, you know every day listening to Pitbull and Ice Cube. And and let's be real, like they're not even it's not even that they're like the most relevant in music and culture today. But the fact that it's something different and it is a tonal change, love it. Absolutely love that. Now yes. I will say the performance them for both performances, those guys are great performers. So even if it was just them sitting up there and just, you know, singing, rapping, whatever for five, ten minutes and there's nothing else around them, no pyro or whatever they still would have pulled it off great. Um, So I absolutely loved it. Uh, And I hope they do it more at actual points paying races. And if people are upset by that, then tough, tough luck. At least get DJ Ski back for cautions. I'm not going to lie. nothing more electric than Avicii levels going down under a caution where the crowd is going insane, like just completely that, berserk. Okay. I don't know. That's that kind of what Coda's like. I'll be honest. Coda was like that on the front stretch. Like, cause Darren yeah. and I were, were sitting on the front yeah. stretch and we're just like, this is awesome. Why don't they do this at every race? And all right. apparently two, they learned two points. First of all, I don't even, I don't know if it was cause I was so involved and, and just so in, intensely watching the race and, you know, just thinking about, our bets, but I feel like I never actually heard or even noticed a DJ Ski like song play. I really, Shame. I don't know. I feel like me and Chase are on the same boat. Eric, did you notice uh, during? Well, I noticed. Like, I'm not in this boat. I was. I, I definitely bro. noticed. Oh, you were jamming. Okay, so just, <laughs> okay, never mind. Well, I, I noticed like he never jam. stopped. See, I noticed the one time he didn't do it, and it was when Almarola got sent to the wall, and I was like, "Wait, he's not playing." And I thought, "Oh, maybe they're actually concerned for the drive." He yeah, wanted to make sure he got out first. Good. Like yeah, that was that's a big a hit. Point. That's respectful. <laughs> So my second point is uh, regarding just this whole idea and how it played out. uh, This is my second reference to the Indy 500. I'm a huge Indy 500 guy. I've been going for a decade, basically. And I think this is a a potential avenue to market some of these larger venues, how the Indy 500 markets their concerts throughout the entire weekend. They have a concert on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they all represent different groups. you got country on well you got rock on friday night country on saturday and then edm slash rap on sunday while the race is going on and in the morning so i think that is a huge avenue to bring more fans who maybe wouldn't go to watch a race they specifically go to see those artists but maybe there's just a point when they're walking into the concert that they see a car or they see a driver and they're like just one yeah. glimpse they're like wow that's really cool yeah. and then maybe after that concert you know they get lit or whatever and go home They'll think about that one moment where they saw something cool, like just a glimpse of that race or or the pre-race or the post-race and be like, you know what, why don't we go to another race? And maybe it won't be a race that has concerts, but because of that one thing they remember, it could bring them back and create new fans. thousand percent. I mean, we had a special guest that came out with us. He was a he's a TikTok influencer 
doesn't have anything to do, like never watched NASCAR in his life. Literally, the one question that they had asked, they were like, wow, the cars are like regular sized cars. I thought they were like jumbo sized cars. <laughs> like that was literally what they thought. And I was just like, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that's like, well, that's a stupid question because if you never watched NASCAR, you don't know. And there's no mm -hmm. telling what kind of questions could be. But when that was over, one of the guys that was with us, they did me, he said, bro, I'm a Joey Logano fan for life. Like <laughs> the other guy is like, you know, what, when are you, are you coming back out West? And he's like, I, I want to come back. Like I want to watch another race. That's like good. that's, it's getting right. to the track. When you get to the track, you see it with your own eyes. Or you experience a weekend. You don't really, you don't really have that element with this race. But when you experience a weekend camping at a racetrack, you go sit down with your friends. You watch a race. That is just it's next level because you realize this is not just a race. This is an entire like lifestyle or an entire just just vibe. The is the easiest way to put it. So that's definitely the more they do these kind of things and we realize now they can pop one of these anywhere dale and i talked to so many people over the weekend about how cool would it be to see this type of track at, at wembley stadium in london or in mexico city or uh go let's go back to japan i want suzuka circuit back okay i'm just saying like you could go anywhere man with this and just captivate an audience and then build a nascar fan for life and that's what this is all about at the end of the day that's what we're that's what we're all here for that's what we're doing because we love the sport and we it's time to get new people into mm -hmm. it and this is just they, they're nascar is knocking homers right now with this kind of format right here i know on that note darren's gonna want to talk about um, that a little bit more in a second but on the previous note i know when i lived in austin and they had the u.s grand prix every year the billboards would say imagine dragons Britney Spears, mm -hmm. Formula One, U.S. Grand Prix. And that's how they got people to show up. So I like yeah. Britney Spears, not the most relevant artist, even three or four years ago, but yeah. I'm sure people Britney's went to see her. Now. Shout out to Britney. <laughs> so, Britney. 90s baby. I got to just say it. Shout out to Britney. Yeah. I will sign on to everything you just said, though, Chase, about getting to new fans. I think yeah. that was that was beautiful. It brought a tear to my eye. Thank you. I was definitely a fan of the performances and stuff. My one thing is, though, let's not make halftime performances or halftime breaks a uh, a uh, a regular thing in NASCAR. You know, I feel like you know, just for this event, it's fine. But let's not bring it into the regular season portion. Of Keep it pre and post race. I yeah. think they could do something. Yeah, better. yeah, that's, I, that's fair. The All Star race star, would be a good. Yeah, thing even for the All Star too. race too. I mean, Texas is boring I mean, enough, so you got to. No, I mean, the star they have done this before. I'm not gonna the, knock you. The there. big conversation I saw about the All Star races people were like wow this really shows how pointless the all-star race is now at this point I, I mean i was just thinking that too at this point like is there really a need for the all-star race anymore well, like just make just one of them you have to make sure you give a, a million dollars to the winner whether you do it for the all-star you do it for the clash yeah so that's the only thing that's the biggest stipulation involved here yeah i see we're getting a bunch of free britneys in the chat oh, God. there we go <laughs> yeah, there we go put them up put them up Stole my heart nice. as like an eight-year-old kid. No, but it, but in <laughs> conclusion, we could definitely agree the performances by Pitbull and Ice Cube were amazing. So props to NASCAR oh, for that. Uh, so now moving on, this is from Adam Stern. Um, he said, if this race works and is deemed a success, races in the Pacific uh, Northwest, Denver, New York City, as well as international cities like Tokyo, Mexico, Mexico City, and London are all on the table um okay. so what do you guys think about that i mean like um i guess um, my uh, next question to that is like um what stadiums and what other venues do you want nascar to uh, to venture towards uh jared you start us off i'm gonna go really really wild and kind of crazy with it here and this would obviously have to be a change in the tv contract with it but 
You know how back in the day, Fox and NBC would switch off speed weeks every year? Mm-hmm. Let's say NBC wants to do that again, because let's be real, who, which NASCAR provider wouldn't want the Daytona 500? I think it would be crazy, especially if it were in America. It'd be a lot easier to do it. If you fi- found a way to use a stadium in the city they were doing the Olympics in, while NBC is covering both NASCAR and the Olympics, because if you have the same TV provider to do it, and again, this might be say 2028, because they're going, I believe to Los Angeles, it would, it would be a way one, you could get international fans, brand new fans. You could stay at the LA Coliseum with that one, I think. Um, And you have the TV providers who would be willing to move different things around and, and well, not willing, but able to move different things around and be able to fit it in that way. Now, we would have to pray for no rain or have rain tires uh, just in case by some weird chance that happened. But maybe if it was like for an all-star race or something, depending on when in the year it would be, that'd be an option, I think. I mean, I don't, th- I don't see why it wouldn't. Just make I, racing I like an Olympic sport. If you Man, can curl, if curling is an Olympic sport, <laughs> driving should be. Yeah, auto race. Auto yeah. sports, right? I, I, NASCAR will actually have to do a podium where they do gold, silver, and bronze yeah, medal to the, the top three finishes. Get Jeff Gordon back out there to be to be like the robot man <laughs> holding, the, holding the torch. Oh, He's God. slowly turning into Rick Hendrick. He really is. Like, is. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> Dude, I saw him on there. I'm like. Holy he looked like yeah. a greasy used dude. car salesman. He's I aging. <laughs> he's Rick aging. Uh, don't too go fast. that far. Yeah. I think he's aging too quick, and he's it's scaring me. Yeah. He's aging too quick. I don't. It's just. It's so weird because I always think of him as a young guy. <laughs> well, I mean, being look, a kid, how old is he? Being a Jeff Gordon fan, I think he's like. I think he's 50, 50 this year. He said he's yeah. approaching his fifties. I think. So. I think he's forty-nine yep. or fifty. He's fifty. Yeah. yeah, he turned fifty. He'll be fifty-one. Still this looking year. like a Don in that tech vest, though. You got to be real. I will say I don't like long hair Jeff Gordon. I like when Jeff yeah. Gordon has short hair in the broadcast. Yeah. Should bring now he's getting this long hair. It looks a lot like oh, Andrew, absolutely. For sure. Why this looks absolutely. like this? This, this yeah. look right here needs to return. <laughs> Just with a little salt and pepper. In that kind of looks like Dale. That kind of looks like Dale. Look, look at her. This is you, Dale. Just get a rainbow suit. Oh, you already <laughs> got, got it on. Look at you. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, no, that's what I said. <laughs> that's right. kind of weird. Eric, what's your pick though? Jeff Dale Hart. <laughs> for, for a state uh for a stadium race yeah venue See, wherever i don't have a strong pick i i would look at you know personally as someone who's in houston i wish they could figure out what to do with the astrodome i think a race and an outfitted astrodome would be cool but i don't know if that's physically possible but whatever they do i think they need to they have the technology they've proven they have the technology between the cars the way they drive the way they corner and the way nascar is able to basically bring in their own safer barriers and remove them overnight they could go to Hickory or Bowman Gray or North Wilkesboro, obviously, if it gets renovated, and do an all-star event type thing there. And sure, maybe only 10,000 fans get to see it in person, but it's a made-for-TV spectacle the way. And I've said this either on this show or on my show. I've said it on a bunch of shows in the past. The same way Major League Baseball did their Field of Dreams games la- game last year. They built a stadium in a cornfield in Iowa, and it was the highest-rated regular season baseball game in 16 years. And it wasn't, it wasn't the Yankees or the Red Sox. It was like, I don't even remember who played. It was like the St. Louis Cardinals and the Colorado. I don't know who it was. So I think NASCAR should use the abilities they have now to do something similar at an actual grassroots short track that helped get them to where they are today. Worked for SRX. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that whole series is made off of that premise. I saw where they got five flags on there now. That's that's the close one to us. So shout out to that. Yeah. I want to add, I mean, I know I've already kind of gave a spiel on like, you know, Wembley and things like that, but um I think continuing, like, just, I mean, any major football field, dude. I mean, you go out west, like, look at CenturyLink Stadium in Seattle. They've never seen a race in Seattle. 
You know, you got Oregon. I know they got a road course out in Oregon. I mean, just keep kind of hitting that West Coast Ooh. up. Dude, let's go to Hawaii, bro. Like, let's go to Hawaii. That's the way I'm looking at it. Like, get down there. Like, let's do – let's really switch it up. Get fans – like, that's a reason for people to go on vacation. You know, that's that's tax dollars, bro. I mean, let's get serious. So, I mean, that right there alone. And then, I don't know, like, more – like, if we go full-blown overseas – for some reason, just like where we are right now, going into like you know this territory of the future or whatever, for, I just want to see a NASCAR race in Dubai. That's, Ooh, that's what I'll, I've done ooh. that. I've done that in NR two thousand three multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, right. I, but but they have to have underglow and it has to be at night. Yeah, that's the only one. no, yeah, definitely not during the day. No, it's, it's too hot for that down there. But well, yeah. if it's night here, it's day there. I guess that works, kind yeah. of. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I was gonna say I like the idea. I think Jared said this, but. Wembley Stadium would be sick, absolutely sick. But I like Mexico City, and I think a model to look at that can be somewhat similar is what the NFL has done. Uh, every time they've gone out of the country, which they go to London and they send the Jacksonville Jaguars every every single time. But um, when they've gone to Mex- when they've gone to uh, Mexico City, they've had huge turnouts. And if there's a stadium that they could do something similar to what they did in LA at a, a different market like that, that's somewhat closer to the United States and could bring just a, a better global presence right off the bat. I like Mexico City as a, as a starting point if you want to expand globally. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they've raced in Mexico City before. That would be cool. Um, going back to Canada, that'd be cool, too. I guess if we want to think, like, way outside the box, too, maybe they should start targeting uh, some more college football stadiums. Like, I would love to see a race at the freaking Oregon Duck Stadium or the Florida Gators, you know, racing in the swamp. Or, Texas A&M. I think, isn't yeah. Kyle Field like the largest capacity stadium yeah, in the country? Yeah, that's the 12th man. College they call it the 12th station. man out there. Yeah, or like Michigan. Te- right Michigan across stadium. from Texas World, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's my- just like, do you, do you think there's an issue with doing this like next to uh, tracks that we already currently race at? I uh, See, I would uh, argue SMI bulldozes Texas Motor Speedway, sells that land. Yeah. They could get a pretty penny for it. Yeah. And they – they they um promote or whatever the a race inside of the AT&T stadium in Arlington Ooh. where the Cowboys play. I don't Jerry know if there's enough room on the actual field on the actual surface. Now, there you still might have the same problem. That place seats I don't know 80, 90,000. I don't think you're going to get 80 or 90,000 people to go to a race at AT&T stadium, but it'll it'll probably get more people than the 15 or 20,000 that showed up to Texas last fall. So, <laughs> I, like I would say Jerry Jones's face on a car. We know that much. Oh my god. Jerry Jones See that's the thing. Jerry Jones would think it was such a fun idea. He wouldn't care if he lost money on yeah. it. He probably likes pay to host the whole thing himself. He's crazy. I mean, that's the people to- we love. That dude kept Jason Garrett around just because he liked him for 10 years. I think, I think would be all right if he liked the idea. I think Atlanta's similar to that. I love the Texas idea because Texas is just is awful. But Atlanta's similar in the fact that uh, we went to Atlanta last year and it was just like a ghost town. I know they have the repave and everything. They're trying, but um, they have a sick football stadium for the Falcons. So Falcons I, don't, suck, I don't know. But the stadium don't. There you go. Isn't that, isn't that the Darian, Bubble Stadium? Thank you. What'd you say? I said thank you, Darian. Falcons do suck. Yeah, I'll, that's like I'll the, back you up on that yeah. hundred million percent. Yeah, Jared I, I said it's Jared. Yeah, what'd you say? Who that baby? Isn't and that isn't the Falcon Stadium the one that looks like a butt opening up? <laughs> like <that's laughs> roof? It's, totally, it's like a spiraling. <laughs> more like, more Atlanta Falcons jokes. Up. Yeah, as a Saints fan, I'm loving this. Yeah, it's also Tom Brady's home. Tom Brady owns that stadium. He's been on the oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't I won't bring it back up. My team's in it this week. I don't want to have that karma, so I won't bring it up too much. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so those are some uh, unique ideas. Uh, make it happen, NASCAR. We'll see. Love it. Now, let's move on to some ratings, the TV ratings. And, boy, I have not seen ratings shoot up like this in a very long time. <clears throat> First off, uh, the Clash rating got a 2.32 rating, the highest for, the, for a Clash event since 2016. And then in total, 4.2 million people watched this race, the highest for the race since 2016. And it is officially up 168% over last year, according to Adam Stern. And then also, this is a very important statistic, uh, the rating in the key demographic of, of 18 to 49-year-olds um, got a 1.083 rating, the highest since 2015. And then a 2.7 rating, 11 share, in Los Angeles, the highest for for any non-Daytona 500 rating in LA for a NASCAR race since 2016. And also to put um, to add more context, it went up head to head with two different events: the Winter Olympics and well, the Pro Bowl. But nobody likes the Pro Bowl, so I guess they had to watch you know either the Olympics or NASCAR. So ratings and viewership are virtually they were virtually even with the NFL and Olympics. Uh, so I guess I'll start off with you, Jared. I mean, this is definitely a massive W for NASCAR overall. Yeah, and the thing about 2016, if I'm not mistaken, is that that clash, because because this thing, like some might say, oh, well, that clash didn't go up against. So it went up against something really big when I went back and looked at the articles about it. That clash went up against the uh, the 2016, I think, Republican debates which is another huge TV event. And then you have this one who went up against not one big TV event, but two like that. That is proof right there to all of the networks that if you just market the races and push them to people, they will watch, they will watch. Like I, I don't want this to be where they just push the clash to people and then the 500 and then they stop pushing it to the other people that are watching different Fox sports events. Like this is proof right here that Fox sports and NBC sports need to double down on their advertising because they can get a lot of money back on their contracts. If they put the effort forth that they do for every other sports league. Yeah. Yeah. I think the marketing campaign was absolutely phenomenal. And I think they, like you said, they realized that uh, I went against the pro bowl. Darren, you said the pro bowl sucks. Yeah, it does. I, I just will never ever compare to NFL. Uh, any other sport because NFL trumps everything. People love football. It's not on for most of the season or most of the year, I should say. So football is just valued way more because it's not like baseball, basketball, uh, hundreds of games and a NASCAR that goes, you know, 10 months as a, as one of the longest seasons in sports as well. So going against the Olympics is tough. So I think it's a massive W. Do you guys know uh, Nick Bromberg? Is that how you oh, say it? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, here we go. I, I knew we were yeah, going to talk about bring it this. Up, I, just, I, I just don't understand the complaining. I just can't. I, I just can't understand. I, I get complaining about the Fox broadcast. That's one thing yeah. because that's yeah. the actual production. Like you want to watch the race and enjoy it. And if the production value is bad, then you're not going to enjoy it as much. But just constantly finding a way to undermine NASCAR in this, it just blows my brand. mind. Just an angry, just angry little crazy, guy. Crazy man. He it's compared just crazy. he compared NASCAR to, um, right now to its peak, like it, totally un, 
un, un, uncomparable there. Totally uncomparable. Yeah, absolutely different. The star power is totally different. Yeah. Had. The media landscape is so different. There's so much more yeah. competition now, not just sports and TV related. That's basically before social media was like ever a Other thing. platforms. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it, I don't know. I just, back I don't then, my space. Back then, MySpace was popular. Um, oh, and, and then Shout out to po- Tom. I'll point it out right, I'll point it out right here. Friend. NRF18 <laughs> says in the chat, and this is something that I, I think a lot of people didn't see, but mainstream would. Pat McAfee even talked about The Clash oh, on his show. That's awesome. Oh, that's good. Like, that's really that's, good. That, that is arguably the number one sports podcast. That, that it, I think it is, actually, if, mm. if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it's, the numbers on me. I think it's like... There. Them Number or one, two, or three. Yeah, it's it's, it's right up there. So for one of the biggest sports podcasts in the world to talk about that is huge. And that I see a lot of people like saying, "Oh, nobody watches Pro Bowl." Like, no, you don't. You don't get it. Like NFL, even on a bad day, brings in great ratings. Yeah. So to be literally uh, almost virtually even with the NFL, even if it's a Pro Bowl, that's something we couldn't say for the past fifteen years. Mm-hmm. That is a huge deal. Yeah, football, like I said, football is just so valuable. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who's playing. Like, if it is the NFL stamped on it, you're going to have a lot of people watch it. So, for NASCAR, to go, for NASCAR to go head-to-head with the NFL in anything is an incredible an incredible win. So, We're yeah. ready. We got we to keep bringing that, though. I mean, like, that's like, – dude, there, there's, no, there, there's no reason. Like, I'm a firm believer. If it's happened once, it can happen again. NASCAR was right there for years man like they were right there neck and neck i mean they had nfl racing like you had the nfl invested in nascar so it's like why can't that happen again it can and and i think that we're at the dawn of that right now in this new era it's just a whole new way and and that's what people have to understand like like darian was saying you know we're not going to see what we had in the 90s and the 2000s it's not going to be identical but this is it and you got to just open your mind up a little bit and it's go time. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. Like you said, the momentum right now, I think, is on NASCAR's side. Hopefully they don't squander it. They keep keep moving forward. Um, yeah, my thoughts on the rating were it was a good number. I don't again, I don't know how much money NASCAR really sunk into this whole deal. So I have no idea what their return on investment is gonna turn out to be. We don't know how many fans that either went to or watched this race are actually gonna show up to another race this year. All that remains to be seen, but it certainly looks like a success on the surface I, coming in. I didn't know what to expect from a rating. I was, I think at first I was kind of hoping for something in the five millions or 6 million, close to like that Darlington 2020 first race back that got like six and a half million viewers. And then actually I sat back and thought about it. Well, wait, that race got huge ratings because there was literally no other sports on TV and hadn't been for months. So of course it got huge ratings. This thing had so much competition, direct competition. So to get nearly four and a half million viewers um, for an exhibition race, a non points race after a, three month long dry off season Fox deserves credit, at least from the a promotional standpoint, mm-hmm. NASCAR, Ben Kennedy, they all deserve credit from a industry standpoint, taking the risk to actually build the facility or the track and make everything happen. So all in all, I think it was positive from the, the amount of fans who showed up, the amount of new fans that showed up and the amount of fans that apparently watched on TV. I think this has to be a win. And the best part is that the Daytona 500 is next. So we have a real possibility of building on that number in a big, big way, you know, before the West coast swing, when everything naturally is going to drop I, off a little, but that has me excited. Exactly. I'll, I'll say with the momentum right now, as long as NASCAR keeps it up, does pretty good. Yeah. I think they'll do pretty good with that. I mean, it feels, you know, Darian, you were at Daytona with me, you know, if it kind of feels like the way it did before, the 500 in 2020 where it was just like man everything is going up i know i know it's different a lot of stuff happened yeah. but what i'm saying is it's comparable um 
I would say personally, I think that anything of like 10 million viewers or a little bit over that, I think is realistic for sure with Daytona right now, which would be like some of the highest Daytona ratings, even taking, you know, into account rainouts, but also the ones before that, it'd be like the highest Daytona ratings in a long time. It, it feels like NASCAR is on that edge right now. Like they've hit that bottom, they've leveled out and are like, it feels like there's a bit of a spring back up right now. And if Daytona is up, like the I think the entire season will be up. Personally, yeah. all they professional sports. Playing? Huh? What's that? Again? Like, are they have they announced musical acts for Daytona or special guests? I think I think like it's country. a country artist. Yeah, I think it's a country artist. Country. Yeah, Go, going back to their bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. What I was gonna say Stale was bread and butter. All professional sports uh, ratings are down except for NFL. So anytime you see any kind of increase or even remaining flat, I think is mm-hmm. a good sign. Hey, we can That's celebrate, except if you're Nick Brumberg. No, bad. It's bad or whatever. Harumph, you gotta, I you said, gotta stick with the brand. <laughs> if it's no. a brand thing, I get it. He's got to stick to his guns. But I mean, dear God, like that's some dedication. No, but the rest well, of us. guns we'll, aren't loaded. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of us will celebrate this W. But uh, now we are bringing back a segment I have missed on the podcast for a very long time. The poll! The famous iceberg poll! Jarrett, how many people voted on your first poll of 2022? Uh, we had just over 13,500 votes. Uh, so right. not not a record by any means, but way, way higher than last year's clash and last year's, a lot of the early races last year. So that's a good sign. Uh, 28% of voters said that this was a great race. 50% said it was good. So a net positivity is 78%. 14% said average. said it was below average and 4% said it was bad. So a net negativity of nine. Um, There's a few, there's some pretty good comments in here too. Everyone really showed out. Uh, Denny delivers, of course, is the top comment says the main feature race, mostly calms and smooth sailing. Ty Dillon. I was robbed of choosing violence on the field. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) A Shakespearean tragedy. Uh, And then this one's from Evan Nucula. He says, uh, Phelps and O'Donnell may not be very great, but man, they, re- Hey, you know what? I'm saying his words. I'm not, <laughs> I just love the way you put this is on the record. <laughs> These guys might the suck, but they really took the sport to extreme. Brian France would never have done this. Well, yeah. He would have found a way to make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> he would take a joyride with Alvin Kamara. Um, oh, too soon. Oh, 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 we'll, we'll get, get to that. Oh. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, Let's see. Tank Slapper says those composite bodies worked really good on this short track. They were all beating and banging and half the cars didn't even look like they were damaged and no cut tires. No. Uh, that was a big so, thing. No, no yeah. tire flat tires was huge. Uh, let's scroll down. I want to see if we can get a few of them that uh, we don't usually get here. Oh, five racer says uh, being there. And that was my first NASCAR race. This was amazing. Eric, is that a, is that a plant? Uh, no, I'm just telling you the big screen was popping in ways I've never seen it pop before. I don't know. Maybe it was just new fans. Maybe it was genuine enthusiasm. Well, I'm going to get off that. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, you guys know I'm not a conspiracy. Theorist. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Come on, Nick Bromberg. Let's, let's keep positive. <laughs> uh, Christian Roberts says it was one of the best races he's ever been to. I swear. I'm looking for the negative comments guys. Yeah, not I was going to say it was like a, person. it was like a top three event for me personally. And I've been to a, hundreds of races i think it was a top three event ever uh, that i've been to 
Let's see. Uh, slow motion says, imagine telling someone a year ago that Ryan priest would win a last chance qualifier race to get into the main event at the clash in the LA Coliseum in a Rick Ware car. Yeah. Hey, props to them. They're improving their program. I say it's weird real quick that Rick Ware racing reverse course in like two years, they went from, yeah. we're just going to buy all the charts. We're going to have four teams. They're all going to suck, but we have the spots to now, one year later, oh, no, you know, we're going to sell the cars. We're going to focus on two cars so we can be a lot better. Like, and, they had a completely reverse business strategy mm-hmm. overnight. And they went Cashed over in. to uh, to uh, IndyCar as well and got a Yeah, yeah. like all of a sudden they woke year. up one day and said, you know what? Quality over quantity. Let's do yeah. it, y'all. And now yeah. but, here, but here's another thing. They bought the charters when they were really cheap and no one was trying to get into the sport. And then they came back and sold them when the ah, values absolutely skyrocketed. That's a fair point. Business. That's a um, fair point. That's cash a day. Yeah, cash day. Why everybody was shitting on them? Pardon my French for this for the lack of speed. And they had a plan. I really think that Rick they Ware, saw this wave coming. Yep, they had a good away. plan. They were plan prepping for this moment. And I think we're going to see a big uptick yeah. in performance. Stonks. Uh, now, now, oh, oh, go ahead, Jared. Go ahead. Well, real quick, uh, I'll do this one, then we'll then we'll go to what the first comment was because we all know the the bottom comment will be mm, negative. Yeah. Uh, Hutchie fifty one <laughs> says racing honestly gets an A. Fox gets an F minus. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, not uh, the minus. I'll, I'll I'll give him a D a D plus because Tony Stewart was good. I'll give him a D plus. All right, now now I got to scroll through about four. 450 comments to get oh, to that yeah. first one while, while i'm doing one. this well while i'm doing this i want you guys to guess will it be positive or negative negative oh, it's always negative. Negative. negative negative people thumb that down all the time all right the first yeah. comment is from fake Nick super Bromberg. oh <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no fake super oh god is anyone changing their guess no, no. negative gonna trash it yeah that incident with Larson and Haley still pisses me off. <laughs> That's it? That's it? That's it. That's it. We don't it. even know whose side he's on. I yeah. he's on Haley's I'm side. So, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll check the responses. He's an open book. Yeah. This is okay. This is his response to someone. This isn't even short track racing at this point. It's just Larson doing stupid moves. So I think we know what side he's on. Right. Yeah, but doesn't like Larson too much lately. Damn. Oh. So, yeah, that was the poll, and uh, you can vote for those after every race this season. I'll put mine out as soon as I can after the 500, uh, Wi-Fi permitting. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm glad to have the famous Iceberg Poll back on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now we have reached, well, we are um, eight minutes over the top of the hour, so now it's time to get to Super Chats. Can somebody uh, start a timer for me, uh, three minutes? I got you. All right, thank you Number very one. much. Uh, and... Uh, for the uh, for the first two super chats, um, we're gonna be um, going back to some that uh, uh, we missed last week. I don't know. YouTube was uh, I haven't started yet. I haven't started yet. Yeah, but uh, all right, I'll reset. I'll yeah, reset. Yeah. But YouTube was messing up last week, so if we uh, didn't get to y'all super chats last week, we uh, uh, we apologize. It was just malfunctioning or whatever. It was just having so many issues. But okay, all right. Let's start in three, two, one. Let's roll. TVP underscore eighty three whipped the hundred dollars super chat last week. Season five, we're back, baby. Let's go. A PS who day. So he is going with the Bengals. Actually, DM'd him too. Yeah, he's going with the Bengals for sure. Um, Elite, go Bengals. Elite Precision twenty nine with the twenty dollars super chat. Welcome back, guys. Twenty twenty two is the most is the most um uh, is the most curious I've been going into a season since two thousand eight. Thank God NASCAR dumped the five fifty horsepower downforce package. Hope they stop listening to the crowd that judge races by intervals 
n amount of cars on the lead lap. Yes, I think they've um, they've uh, they're definitely um, ears are definitely wide open. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens this year. But it is looking promising. Looking very promising. Okay, so I will refresh my super chat thing on my on my desktop. All right, here we go. Zach with the twenty dollars super chat. So, how credible do you think the champion will be this year with limited cars being built? And some concern about parts breaking in the race, or do you think this won't be a factor at all about who the champion is? Yeah, I, I, again, let's not speculate until we're around, you know, nine races in. I think it's way too early. Six to nine time. races. Yeah, six to nine races. Excuse nice. Me. Yes, nice. But uh, I mean, it could be a factor. It might not be a factor. So we'll just have to wait and see how it unfolds. Nicholas with the five dollars super chat. Great meeting you, Eric. Question: If if um, if I didn't mention this, how cramped um, how, or how cramped? did you feel in your seat those seats were were tight together how cramped were you eric i didn't feel that tight i had people on either side of me i mean better than most other stadiums i've been to actually so i was i was pleased okay um and then alan with the two five dollar super chats one says nothing but the other says jar jar is a meme yes sir he is we see him weekly every time in the chat that's great. And then Alex with the $5 super chat. I'll be honest with all of these reports of the next gen shortages. I wouldn't be surprised if we have to go back to the gen six in some races like in 07. Whoa. I mean, it's not nah, uh, the it's teams have already sold their gen. Yeah, six. They're, yeah, gone. Yeah, they're super gone. Yeah. They're long so, gone. It's not bro. possible. Yeah. No, they're long uh, gone, bro. Better but, chance of them running Xfinity cars than a gen yeah. six at this point. I, I'm cool with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, the chance is still zero, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> zero, zero point zero, 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 one. So tell me it's a chance. Right. And then Alex with the twenty dollars super chat. I remember, I remember seeing Justin Haley in an ARCA car at Phoenix in like twenty fifteen, and he was leading but cut a tire. Seeing Justin in the clash, I got a flashback to that day. Do you, um, do you think Justin gets his second career win this year? Hey, it's possible. I mean, like we saw a lot of parody in the opening race this year. Hey, anything's possible. We'll it's, to, it's possible. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how the season unfolds. And then uh, Gavin with the $2 Super Chat. What has been your favorite paint scheme so far? Ooh. I mean, Kozlowski's no purple car. Yeah, this week. I'd yep. have to say Kozlowski's, yeah. It sucks he didn't make the main in that time. car, but yeah. Did you say time? Yep. Okay, all right. So uh, we will get to the rest of the Super Chats after the show. Well, well, not after the show. We'll be done. Well, later on in the show. Uh, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for sending in y'all Super Chats. Uh, very thankful, and uh, yeah, let's uh, keep the show moving. Um, and let's actually transition. Uh, yep, time for our uh, another ad read. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Lionel <laughs> Racing, the official diecast of NASCAR. Order the new 2022 diecast of your favorite NASCAR driver now at lionelracing.com or any authorized Lionel retailer. Uh, so let's show off our diecast really quick for a moment, guys. What do you? Um, what have you guys brought out this week? So I know we didn't tell our guests that we usually show off our diecast at this point in the show, but I see Chase at least has yeah, a lot to pick from. Lot. I'm going with uh, this is Chase Elliott's All Star Win car from Bristol a couple years ago. I picked it. I've shown it off before, but I picked it because Universe signed I think what a five or six year extension today. Mm -hmm. So figured I'd at least okay. give them and Hendrick Motorsports a shout out. That's cool to see. And I have Jason Leffler's rookie car from the NASCAR Bush Series mm -hmm. 2000. And I, so I always love showing this one off. I think I got it, I believe, at Daytona last year. Um, and I just, this is one of those schemes that I would always love to see in a throwback race, especially the silver. Um, 
And hey, maybe if the teams want it, they can do Chrome on it. I don't know. Hey, gone, saying. gone too soon, Jason Leffler. RIP to left turn. Uh, so this diecast is very interesting. Jerry brought it for me. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. So this is an Adam Petty Bush Series rookie diecast from 1999. But what's unique about this is, is that it has the Spree-sponsored colors, but this diecast was made right after Spree had left and Sprint had joined them. So um, Sprint was still running this paint scheme uh, for the rest of the 1999 Bush Series season, even after they took over. So they were still running the spree colors. So this is, I think, I think even Brock Beard pointed out on Twitter that this is sort of a rare one. So um, amazing find, Jared. Uh, really appreciate it. So thank you. Problem. All right. Uh, so who's next? Uh, Dale or Chase? Which one do y'all want to go? You guys have cars. I'll let I got, Dale go, but I, I've got I've got something. I love that Just car, wait. Dale. I've seen that yeah, car. Yeah, uh, 2004 uh, Michigan race number two. I think it was Greg Biffle's second career win. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with this car. It was also, I believe it was Carl Edwards' first ever start. Mm. Carl Edwards had the Green Lantern car. Yeah. Uh, so And he finished like 10th. But Greg Biffle won this race. And I, I was obsessed with this paint scheme when I was a kid. So there you go. I love it. Yeah. Sweet. All right, for, for me um, – I, as you can tell, there are a lot, a lot of diecasts here in this home, but I feel like I would be doing injustice. I'd like to, I'd like to bid mine off to uh, the person that owns these. I'm going to let Buddy Polly show off his uh, favorite NASCAR, if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. All right, here we go. Here's the diecast. Here he is, oh, special guest. What's up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Uh, yeah. Howdy. Obviously, lots of Lionel diecast here. I'm going to show off. The millennial oh, car. Oh, oh my God. Special place in my heart. I was at that race. So, watched him finish second. He got a trophy for trying. So, oh, my favorite by far. Oh, my I got the Gen X car at home. Chase. Thanks for having me. That's cool. Thank <laughs> Bye, you. Buddy. Thanks, Thanks, thanks buddy. Nice. Hey, it's me. It's me. I'm back. This car is hot, though. It is. It's really hot. Like, no, it's not, Darian. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm just no, I got uh, the Gen. I think the Gen X one is better personally. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's definitely. A crazy I agree. Car. But yeah, so um, again, uh, um, dude, um, don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecast thing at a Walmart near you. Uh, thank you so much to Lionel Racing for sponsoring the NASCAR Weekly Podcast and the Out of Out of the Group Network. Oh man, so we haven't done this on my channel in a while. Ooh, I think it's about that time. Oh yeah, it's working, it's working again. Let's go. And once again, we have reached the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jared, what do we have on tap tonight? Darren, what do your new neighbors think of you yelling about the lightning round? Uh, they're upstairs. I don't know. I, I, I blast music here all the time, so I, I, I've oh, gotten any, no. I haven't gotten any complaints. So I think you're I'm that, neighbor. Just, keep that neighbor. just keep doing it till they call the cops. Right. All day. Yeah, I'm good. Well, so we don't have too awful much in the lightning round, but what we do have is good stuff, uh, or at least interesting stuff. Mm. So the first one that, that was announced uh, very quickly around the time of the show last week was that NASCAR has informed the teams that there will be no political campaign or PAC sponsorships allowed in NASCAR anymore, Yay. according to Bob Pachris. No more toxic fans. Uh, <laughs> due to NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to Jordan Bianchi, there's a strong likelihood that NASCAR's next TV deal will end up surpassing the previous record-setting one that they have now. J.J. Uh, Yaley will be driving the 55 MBM car at the Daytona 500, according to Toby Christie. Uh, and then we referenced this earlier, NASCAR's growth and engagement officer and New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara has been arrested for assault and battery 
in Las Vegas yeah, on Saturday night. Not good. A messy situation. I don't think NASCAR or even the Saints have put out a statement yet. Oh, so no. why would NASCAR? They're just brushed well, to NASCAR, the side. I'm not and saying hope NASCAR no would be NASCAR wouldn't be the first, but it's just yeah, it's certainly <clears throat> certainly a very messy situation he's in. And and then Ford, uh, the Fords will have a small tweak to their noses done. Preseason wind tu- uh, wind tunnel testing showed that Fords had been a little bit too far ahead of Toyota and Chevrolet for comfort for NASCAR, and also potentially had more drag at super speedways, uh, which is already gotten people online saying well the other ones need to get better and i love that because i love hearing the manufacturer fans go back and forth something that, that something's been missing in the sport for the past 10 or so years a yeah. hey, ford needs all the help after last year so yeah. it sounds like they got a little more help than the nascar wanted them to uh, I've, I've, I've been saying i think ford is is going to have the most incredible year this year i feel like they've been ahead of the eight ball there's a reason they weren't that great last year they've been focusing on this car well, and then one last thing really quick for the lightning round tonight. Premier Sports will be broadcasting the entire Truck Series season now in the UK, along with their Cup and Xfinity coverage. So for our UK listeners out there on Spotify and online, I, I hope that's good news for you guys. I'm assuming it would be, but mm-hmm. for all I know, because I don't watch Premier Sports, it might be the same way that we have used Fox Sports. But if it's a good thing, good. Yeah. Uh, in America, not- better than Formula One confirmed. but darren that's it blow out your mic again and once again that'll do it for another edition of the lightning round on the nascar weekly podcast and now back to the show the lightning round is sponsored by our third and final partner forney industries get it done with green forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines metalworking accessories and much more Great for do-it-yourselfers or if you're a professional metal worker even, Forney has everything you need for your next project. So shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com or check them out at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Look for that green Forney logo. Link is down in the description below. Thanks to Forney for sponsoring the podcast. Yes, thank you guys so, so much. And now let's get back to some topics. Before we get into some of our playoff predictions, and let's just say some of us have some very unique unique ones i'll just leave it at that uh right playoff preview (laughs) playoff preview we're gonna get into that first off we had some news um uh that um that um went on the uh on the wire right before the show even started uh trevor bain he's back for a limited time for a part-time deal trevor bain lands a part-time ride with joe gibbs racing in xfinity uh um adam uh, adam stern and bob Proctor both reported a seven race deal beginning beginning at, at at auto club and then um Wait, how do you say this? De- De- devotion. Oh, devotion. 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 Okay, okay. Yeah, Devotion Nutrition uh, will be his sponsor for all seven races. And then finally, uh, this is a uh, interesting stat. His, um, his last Xfinity start was in 2016, and he last made eight Truck Series starts during the 2020 season. Uh, Jared, I'll start off with you. I, I, I mean, like, you don't really expect too much from Trevor Bain, but at least it's, hey, at least he's back in the Cup or not in the Cup Series, in the Xfinity Series for a limited time, I guess. So I, I like Trevor Bain as a personality, and he seems like a really nice guy. Every time I've had the chance to meet him, he's always been very nice. Uh, but at the same time, I don't understand a lot of fans being like, man, Trevor Bain is going to be you know winning every race. Like, maybe he might win a race. It's good equipment, but it's like, I don't really expect him to set the world on fire the way that a lot of people are. Yeah. I hope he does, but I don't expect him to personally. Yeah, I think he's just along for the ride. 
Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if, if he at least gets, you know, seven top tens, that'll be a good thing. He'll, or he might get into, you know, a couple of accidents, a couple of missteps here and there. But, yeah, I don't expect him to light the world on fire. But it would be cool if he raced Daytona again if he wins. We'd be like, happy birthday, Trevor Bay, 31 years old this time. And the <laughs> You know, the thing, the thing here is he's in winning equipment. I mean, he's in equipment that won the championship last year. Granted, Daniel Hamrick only won one race. But – uh Kyle Bush dominated, Ty Gibbs dominated when they had opportunities. So I mean this is a true test, you know, drivers. I know he's kind of been, like you said, he started a few races for Nice in the truck series, and I think he may have raced for GMS once or twice. Uh so a lot of drivers hit their primes, you know, in their early mid-30s. So the craziest thing to me is seeing people already jump the gun and say this is the next AJ Almendier comeback. Like, I mean, come on. Like, it's a great <laughs> story. Wait, 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 there's a lot of that? people. There's oh, a lot I, of people. What? I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, that was one of the first things I saw. And it could be a good story. Uh, but Trevor Bain, if – I don't know if he's trying to get back into full-time competition with this or if this is just kind of fulfilling a – just fulfilling a void that he hasn't raced a lot in the past few years. So it's an interesting dynamic here with a guy that didn't succeed in Cup in a winning car now, a very, very fast winning car. Jason Radcliffe is a crew chief, mm. uh, plenty of experience there. So think if he's trying to get back into full-time competition, whether it's Cup, Xfinity, Trucks, he needs to win. He needs to win one of these seven races. Yeah. He's marching towards colleague. Ah, yeah. Following Hemrick, following that, he's going down that same ride. <laughs> hey, there's your A.J. Almendinger. Uh, there's the there's A.J. Almendinger path. There so. you go. Yeah. He wants to be in, in part of the family, the colleague family. The family. Yes, the family. That's right. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Again, I don't really expect him to do too much. Maybe this is just, you know, one last hoorah. Then, you know, he'll go out on his own terms and stuff. He runs a coffee shop, too. I thought he was, like, mostly just busy with that. But, no, I mean. He's a barista? He yeah. He has his own coffee shop, apparently out here in Tennessee. I think in, in Nashville. Nashville. I think it's in Nashville. Maybe it's Knoxville. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, started Knoxville, like yeah. right after he left Nashville. Yeah. Trevor Bain, Speed Coffee. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I like Trevor Bain. Like you said, Jarrett, he's nice guy. Want him to do well. This is this might be the most competitive car he's ever been in in NASCAR. Arguably, I mean, maybe some of his old Roush Xfinity cars were pretty good, but I think this is arguably the best. So. What stood out to me, though, is the fact that he is only 30 years old. He's about to turn 31. Like He's still young. I mean, that's at the same age as Daniel Hemrick, yeah. who just won a championship and is maybe still trying to make a full-time career out of it. I mean, he is. He's going full-time Xfinity this year. So, sure, he could still have a place in NASCAR long-term. I don't expect it, but I don't know. These seven races, maybe he wins one of them. I don't know. I, Trevor Bain's nice guy. Nice guys don't. Nice guys can get a certain distance in NASCAR. They can land sponsors. They can get a competitive ride here and there, but it's not going to last forever unless he wins. And I don't see him at best. He wins one race in that car. Like I think about like what Ty Dillon did last year. He had a few starts in a Joe Gibbs car and he was fast. He also made a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. and looked kind of bad. And I think of Ty Dillon and Trevor Bain as being kind of in a similar tier. I don't know. So I don't expect huge things from Trevor Bain in these seven starts, but it will be nice to see him on track in something competitive. And what I, what stood out to me the most though, is that he's in the 18. That means at least according to reports, Ty, Ty Gibbs will be in the 54 full-time this year, which I think is interesting. It means that I don't have to replace my Ty Gibbs t-shirt just yet. It's still up to date. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, Joe Gibbs is going to have an interesting lineup next year. 
who else runs that 18 car since we know Kyle Busch is retired remains to be seen, but I don't know. I don't have high expectations for, I think I, I don't either, but I think if there's a time it's right now, because you have, there's no team Penske in Xfinity, as far as we true. know, not coming back. Right. You have a lot of inexperienced guys like Sheldon Creed, Austin Hill and others moving up into the series, Josh Berry first full-time season. Uh, so I think it's a good time. And like you said, Kyle Busch probably not coming back to Xfinity after hitting that, after hitting the three figure mark on wins. So if there's a time to kind of have an edge in the competition, it's now because Trevor Bain's got the experience running full-time cup for four or five years with Roush and running Xfinity prior to that. That's a great point. Like the Xfinity field is stacked this year from 10th through 25th. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. it's super stacked. A lot Mm -hmm. of good, maybe mid pack teams coming in there, but top of the field, with no Penske, I don't it's know. A it's, a, it's a little more sparse, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, possibly yeah. the resurrection of Trevor Bain happening, or he's just perhaps happy to be there. So we'll see. Either way, it's great to have Trevor Bain back in NASCAR. Okay, so um, as you guys know, we have no race uh, this weekend. Uh, can't really go over, you know, like the, uh, you know, can't really do our race picks and that sort of thing. But what we can do is our very own way too early playoff predictions or, you know, preseason playoff predictions. I guess we could call it that. Uh, so, Jared, you have them written down. So how do, are we Do you want me to? Yeah, yeah. So, gonna... okay. So, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering. I, I could read each person's off if they want to then justify some of them. Let, let's be real. Uh, the ones that we all agree on for the most part are Larson, Harvick, Elliott, Hamlin, Blaney, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Logano, Byron, Bowman, and then for the most part, Bell and Reddick make up the majority of the brackets that we have. So like those 12 or so drivers, most of us agree for the most part, or it kind of swings for the most part both ways. Same with Austin Dillon. Him and Tyler Reddick have been the ones that are like just switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll go first. So yeah, yeah we agree. Ju- justify your other ones. We agree yeah. on about the same ten or eleven, all the obvious ones. But my kind of wild card picks: I have Kurt Busch, Reddick, D- Austin Dillon, Brad Keselowski, and um, who's in the one this year? Chastain. Ross. Ch- I just worked down numbers. <laughs> Ross Chastain. <laughs> I have Chastain making it. I think Trackhouse is going to make it. I know this weekend at the Clash. Um, Suarez looked okay. Chastain did not, but I'm not going to put too much stock in what happened in the clash. Same goes for RCR. They were really fast. I'm not going to put too much stock in that, but I do feel good about both Austin Dillon and Tyler Reddick making it. Dillon's always consistent. He's not necessarily going to win any races, but I think he'll be consistent enough to put himself in position. Reddick, maybe a little more inconsistent. He's younger, a little more aggressive, but I think he wins a race this year for sure. So I think he gets in. Kurt Busch, I think TRD, that alone is going to be enough to, to get him over the finish line, make the playoffs. The one that I'm kind of nervous about, honestly more nervous than the Chastain pick, is Brad Keselowski. Mm. I think he'll make it because the next gen is sort of an equalizer and he's a championship caliber driver. But I said I wasn't going to put too much stock in the clash. Both Roush cars missed the main event by a wide margin. They weren't even close. It almost looked like they were just riding around to try and conserve parts. I don't know. Maybe that was all it was. Maybe they actually had more speed and were just sandbagging. That's what I can hope for because it looks like after this weekend, RFK has ways to go. So I'm a little worried about that one, but I'll I'll stick with it for the time being. So outside of my um, you know usual suspects, um, I guess in my bottom four, um, and Jared, you can um, see if I'm right on this because like I mm-hmm. think I I kind of remember. It. My list or whatever. So, um, I had Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon, both of the RCR cars in there, 
And then for my final two, two, I even made a last minute adjustment. So I had Kurt Busch in there, barely squeezing his way into the, into the playoffs. And then for my final pick, I had Austin Cendrick at first, but then I made a last minute change. I'm feeling Chase Briscoe here. Hey, call me crazy. I'm feeling Chase Briscoe, man. You know, he had a horrible season last year. Not really his fault. He was just a rookie. I mean, he still won Rookie of the Year. So, I mean, that's good. You know, so... Default. Yeah, yeah, by default. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, I mean, still walked away with Rookie of the Year. Was a tough, tough season for the team as a whole. But they have been saving up for for this moment. I mean, we even saw in the first race this year at the Clash. I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's just the Clash. But, I mean, hey, he was running in the top five at a short track. So... Maybe that speed might transition over to the regular season. We never know. I mean, now for Austin Cendrick, I mean, again, I, I'm I'm not judging this based off of, you know, him being, you know, a wrecking ball in the clash and stuff like that. But I was thinking about this. It's a brand new car. He's a rookie. These road course races, not they're, they're not going to be as guaranteed as some people think they are, these road course wins. So that's why I had to take him out and put and put, uh, and put uh, Chase Briscoe in. I think he'll have a massive improvement in 2022. So for my bottom four, the ones that I had uh, were Reddick, Cindric, Briscoe, and Bubba. Uh, wow. And I think I, I think I need to justify uh, the Bubba Wallace one the most. Yeah. That comes out of the fact of how last year he had a – and this is not just the Talladega win. It's the performance in general as well as the chemistry with his new crew chief. He had a huge uptake uh, – up, uh, upward trend. I don't know. I, my brain farted there. Yeah. I I had a brain fart there. Um, but he had a very good end to the season and it coincided with booty Barker coming along. The two had really good chemistry. There was nowhere near as much fighting as there was over the radio beforehand. We all kind of knew that last year was going to be slow to start, but probably was going to be kind of a gap year leading up to the next gen car. Uh, you know, you can't really say too much about the clash, uh, but at the same time, he did look competitive. Uh, the 45 looked competitive. So the equipment is there. Uh, I will say this. I would, uh, if he doesn't make the playoffs this year, or if he doesn't run comparable to how Kurt Busch is and Kurt Busch does amazing, uh, there needs to be a lot of questions about not just the team, but especially the driver too. Uh, this is the, this is the put it up year for Bubba Wallace. This is the one where, in my opinion, you don't have all the excuses coming out that you could you could justify last year. This is the put up or shut up year for him, in so, my opinion. To be clear, you have Bubba making it, but Kurt missing. Yes, uh, I think Kurt Busch honestly is slowly but surely been going down in performance the last couple of years. I think he'll be right on the line, uh, but at the same time, I don't you know I don't exactly see him setting the world on fire by any means. Last year he was really in no means a competitive team whatsoever except for select races so, except for atlanta really i mean yeah, yeah. And he always I, wins one race a year yeah that's yeah. why Could i have be in the playoffs because he's consistent with that respect but i i look at bubble wallace and i kind of disagree i i don't if bubble wallace doesn't run as well as kurt bush this year i don't hold that i mean i hold that against him that's just he's not as good of a driver but i don't I won't panic. You know what I'm saying? I I fully expect Kurt to be a little better than Bubba Wallace this year. Now, if he's 10 spots, 15 spots better, then yeah, we have a problem. But if, if Kurt sneaks into the playoffs, like the last spot or the second to last spot and Bubba ends up 18th in points, I'm not going to lose. I think, yeah, sure. Bubba Wallace still has room to evolve and grow. That would, that's what that would tell me, but that wouldn't, you know, 
make him look like a bust, at least in my opinion. So I, I look at their dynamics slightly differently. I expect Kurt to outrun Bubba. And if it flips this year, if Bubba outruns Kurt, I will be very, I guess, pleasantly surprised because yeah. I do want to see Bubba do well. Yeah, he's going to start backing up. I, I just want to go ahead and say, I mean, I'll, I'll name some of mine. I mean, you, you guys pretty much covered a lot of my guys. I have like Briscoe. I think he showed some promise in road course racing. And of course he's got the dirt background. So that's kind of a big reason that I like him. Um, and, and I just feel like he's got like this, like really nice guy version of Tony Stewart esque to him. Obviously there's that correlation there. So I think he's going to have a great year. Um, Reddick as well. Uh, Jared, I love your Bubba pick. I actually have Kurt and Bubba both in mind. Um, I think that Toyota is going to probably figure this thing out a little bit down the line. I mean, the big dogs are going to eat Joe Gibbs. They're going to pass that information along. Denny's not going to leave his boys hanging out to dry. And the main thing with me for Bubba, you know, Bubba got the win last year in Talladega. It was under caution. He's hungry. He wants that. He wants that win all the way through. I mean, I could, depending on how these cars go, if it's off raw talent, one track that Bubba Wallace is really good at. And I've been, I've been big on this for a long time now, Martinsville. That win has mm-hmm. got to come. He's got to get that cup win at Martinsville. This could be the year for that. And it just all depends on how they stack that car up. But going outside of the lines from where you guys are, there are a couple of other guys that I have on my list that are very far-fetched uh, to, to most people. I got to start with my boy Ricky Stenhouse Jr. All right. It, it's a one. It's, it's one car, JTG, dirt race. He's in. He did it second <laughs> last year. This is his primetime chance. Man's got the dirt background. It's, it's going to be him or Larson or Logano's going to do some wizardry like he did last year and figure it out. So I just really feel like we're going to see one of the dirt guys win this thing this year. And Ricky was being right there. And it's time. Like JTG is so due. They're so due. Like they need it. And so it, I feel like that's got to happen. And another guy that I had um, I, where I talked about Keselowski and Honestly, I think you guys have pretty much covered everybody else. So I guess Stenhouse was really my my big my big uh, difference. Chats reacting to that, they're like, "Whoa, that's bold! I can't believe." I that mean, one. I like your logic, but I, I feel like that's too much pressure to put on one race on the dirt race of all races. Like, <laughs> we that's have to just, win the that, dirt race, gambler, or it's over. baby. That's what we yeah. do. I, I like it. Do. I like it, but I also don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it that much. <laughs> so I think we're we touched on it. I have both. Uh, I'll start with. I do have both uh, Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin cars getting in just because I'm a firm believer in, in, in TRD. I just think they've built enough last year to where they're going to compete well this year. I think I actually think Kurt Busch is going to have a great year. I think uh, that may be an unpopular opinion because, like you said, Jarrett, he is kind of trending downward uh, statistically, but Ganassi wasn't all there either, I feel like, in the past couple of years. But So I got both Bubba Wallace and Kurt Busch in. I think Bubba Wallace has a good chance of winning at Super Speedways. He's been, statistically, he's been really strong at the Super mm-hmm. Speedways, especially the last couple of races of last year. I also have Chris Buescher in. I like what Chris Buescher – this is, to me, a make-or-break year for Chris Buescher, at least this year or next year. I think they've built something decent at Roush with him. I actually think he's going to get in, and I think Brad Keselowski will not make it. Um, I think Chris Buescher wins at a super speedway because the statistics are pointing to – I guess a, a good way to put it is I like the guys that are seemingly always are finding themselves surviving at the end of races. Those are the kind of guys that eventually get into victory lane like Michael McDowell. If you go look at his his trend towards his Daytona 500 victory, he kept finding himself in the top five, top ten, in the final laps in 
he was in the right place at the right time in 2021, and that translated into a Daytona 500 win and a playoff uh, playoff berth. I think McDowell, Almirola will see some regression. They won't make it. I don't have Austin Cindric. I don't think Ricky Stenhouse is a far-fetched thing because I do also believe that they'll gain uh, a little bit more of an advantage from losing the 37 car, which struggled mightily over the past couple seasons with Ryan Priest. So I think Ricky – I don't have Ricky in, uh, but I think if, if there's somebody that could get in that – I don't have in it. It would be him or Chase Briscoe, which I have Briscoe like right on that bubble. I don't have Chastain or Suarez in. I think Trackhouse is a year away from legitimate uh, competition. I think Suarez has a chance to win uh, one of these wild card races, but right now, like I said, I think they're a year away. But uh, I have both RCR cars, and I think it's a breakout year for Tyler Reddick. Just being around him and, and spending time with him at the racetrack, his energy levels are just ridiculous. His confidence levels are, are through the roof. Uh, he's turned into a super athlete from how his uh, how he looked a couple of years ago. He's lost in a lot of shape. weight. Uh, yeah. Yes, to Red Dog. He's put in a lot of work, and I, I really he, he's not eating that. those croissants at Cheddar's. Yeah, and, you know they may say <laughs> he's he eating is. hot he's dogs not. though, bro. He's at that least cut the jumbo dog before that clash, bro. I'm Wait, the jumbo you. dog that costs like ten bucks at the clash, dude, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's got the money. He's getting down with the hot dogs. I told him it's hot dog season. Run it. But yeah, those are those are my. Uh, I guess that's really everything that's that excludes like the big, you know, the heavy hitters. I, I one thing I hate. I just want to say I did have uh, Joey Logano not winning a race this year, but making the playoffs. So uh, I think I think it was Jared that said it earlier. I do think that him winning the Clash could translate to some of the short tracks, and I could be scared for the competition because he runs really well at Richmond already, and I think Richmond has similar characteristics to what the Clash had at the Coliseum. So could be wrong on that one. And I just want to say Kyle Busch is going to win the championship this year. That's it. Oh, okay. Well, early, early prediction there. Well, early championship. Well, prediction. very early. Yeah. Check should, the futures. Uh, should I, uh, would you guys be down if I read off Danny's 16 man grid? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Let's yeah, sure. That. He's probably got Bowman winning the championship, but let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> no, he's got Bowman being eliminated in the first round. Yeah, that's how he is. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's right. we got, uh, we got Larson, Truex, Hamlin, Elliot, Kozlowski, Blaney, Logano, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Daniel Suarez, Kevin Harvick, Chase Briscoe, and Austin Sindrick. No uh, Reddick. Did he not have Reddick or yeah, Dylan? No. No. He, he, he was the only one of any of us that did not pick an RCR. Danny, get in here right oh. now. We got to talk. <laughs> yeah, Darian, you just made a meme with your face. Took, you took a, Danny. Uh, a bad <laughs> week to go on vacation, Danny. <laughs> yeah, somebody meme that face I just did. Put it on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> I'll retweet it. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw it. But no, that's crazy, man. And not a single RCR car. I mean, they're on the rise again, Danny. Come on now. Danny's but, head's in wherever he's vacationing. That's what's, <laughs> that's what's happening. It's that. Yeah. California yeah, air. He's he, still in he, LA. He still got that. Uh, yeah, that yeah, air is doing cool. something. Doing, but <laughs> but nah. So those are some way too early playoff predictions. Thank you guys so much for giving me y'all's predictions. Uh, and yeah, okay. So uh, let um, let's read off the final super chats we um, got tonight. We and, had a lot and going. Oh. A reminder: we got we have a cool announcement at the end of the show, and then there's also something cool Darian has planned to show us. Uh, after the super chat so yes. just saying 
Just saying. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, I see it. I forgot. What it was surprise. For a What's a surprise? I forgot what it was for a moment, and then I was there like, "Oh just... yeah, I read it." <laughs> God. Like All right, so let's read off the rest of these uh, of these super chats tonight. Let's go. Philip Richards with the two dollars super chat. Matt Colleague is literally is is literally NASCAR's Josh Brolin. <laughs> That's a random one. That's an actor, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Josh, like, Josh yeah, like, Bowen? Yeah. Uh, I just think of like, like the Thor. Christian singer? No, like uh, the guy who played um, Thanos. Thor. Or Thanos. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Thanos. There yeah, really yeah. Is, there, there's a Christian singer named Josh oh, Brolin, I think. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. Josh Brolin's a, a pretty big actor. Yeah, but that's okay. a random one. I don't one. get it. Yeah, that's a random Two one. Two and two. Though, but, <laughs> but I'm old. I forget. Thank you, Philip. Isaac with the $5 super chat. Between veterans complaining about. Uh, lack of respect from young drivers and all the carnage last Sunday. Uh, could this year be the breaking point? Oh, between veterans and and uh, the uh, young guns. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, could. Some, yeah. Some of these veterans, we need, man. We need to. We need to see more. I think. Yeah, uh, we had to see a little bit more, but I mean, I mean, we have seen moments where you know the veterans are like, "Oh, the driving etiquette's so bad." So hey, you never know the potential. I think. Bad. I think Austin Cedric's going to ruffle a lot of feathers this year. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah. I just I think that will change. Probably. Yeah, I can see that. And then uh, BFM Mom. Hi, Mom. Thank you so much for the $10 super chat. Do you think Bubba used up his car and that's why he couldn't perform when it came down to it? I mean, he didn't really have the fastest car to begin with anyways. Like, nah. he kind of just like – He, was he did seem to have more short run speed yeah. in the heat races. Yeah, definitely. So. Definitely. But he was not going to be a contender for sure. Uh, Jake Baskinger with the two dollar super chat. What's up, Jake? I am Steve Phillips, uh, president. Phelps. Of, uh, uh, oh my god! Did Jake misspell it? Or... No, I, I, I've just been my brain. <laughs> Who did the Rick that. roll one? The yeah. Rick roll one was good. I am Steve Phelps, president of NASCAR. I, I, I get the reference. I get the reference. Oh I get yeah, what you're talking about? If you're on NASCAR Twitter, you know. If you know, you know. I get it out too. PTM Billy with the two dollars super chat. Any places I should go to while in Daytona? Uh, I mean, we've been around Daytona Beach. It's not the the best town. <laughs> I don't know. It's not the best to be there. I mean, Chase, uh, Chase, what do you suggest? You've been there Orlando. <laughs> Coyote ugly if you're 21 and older. I was also, about to say, is he 21? Nightclubs uh, in the downtown area. We have big fun in Daytona. Come see us in Tona. Also, there's a couple uh, cool vintage shops like right by the beach. Uh, I think one is called like NASCAR 2000 or something. NASCAR think... 2000. There's Moxie Vintage. It's a clothing store. I've got That's my Dodge one. Motorsports shirt from there. It's sick. And uh, so they got a good selection as well. It's kind of overpriced, but it's cool. It's cool to go in and look. There's one like good incredible music. die cast shop. Hmm. So I think it's called NASCAR 2000. It's like right on the beach. That's what I recommend. That's cool. That's cool. Joe with the $10 super chat. Joey Logano and Kyle Busch lapped Ryan Blaney at the end, and Blaney didn't do anything to help Joey to the point um, uh, uh, to the point uh, commentary pointed it out. Is that a talking point? I mean, Ryan Blaney was just moving out the way. That's why. I mean, he's not. Hey, he, he was off the pace. He had damage. Yeah, he had mechanical issues. Yeah, he like, was just too slow to do anything. anything. If anything, the commentary and especially the fan base probably would have been pissed if he tried. I thought he was him. just out there hunting Eric Jones down. Yeah. That's what I thought. I I don't know what else he was doing. Yeah, he wasn't going to do it. I didn't. He wasn't going to do that's it. Not the, that's not really the an appropriate track, I feel like, to hold someone up either. Yeah, I mean, that's like, no. you know, uh, Blaney has good etiquette. Exactly. Yeah. 
And then Maddie Money 25 with the $5 super chat. Hey guys, any of you going to Coda? My dad just surprised me with tickets for my birthday. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for putting on a great show. Much love from Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. So you guys are going to be fun. Are you coming from Pittsburgh? Yeah, from Pittsburgh all the way to Coda. Nice. Got to get to that warm weather, I guess, in March. Yeah. Coda is a go-kart track. Yeah, Yeah, Coda's an awesome place. Yeah, Coda's an awesome place. Uh, Me and Jared went there last year. The rain kept slapping us, but besides that, it was an awesome experience there so that's definitely a maybe we might uh return there oh, for I'm, this I'm going or yeah yeah Jared's definitely it's just going. down the road I'll be there yeah so is Eric and then Anter Das with the $5 super chat honestly the clash gave me a weird sensation as a fan I'm not sure if it's good or not I think we need one more year of it to see if it's golden yeah I mean like this could be one of those things where is this type of clash racing going to be sustainable over time but I mean if if the first race is is, uh, is uh, any sort of indicator, yeah, I mean, I got to say, I mean, it was definitely a hit. So we'll see if it uh, if it's a hit consistently over time. And uh, Chips Never 957 with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you so much. Imagine they just make the LA Coliseum track permanent and just put AstroTurf over the top of it for stick and ball sports. Oh, my God. That oh, would so hurt. they'll be like the 90s. Yeah, it, dude, that's exactly what the 90s was like for AstroTurf teams. Yeah, exactly what the 90s were like. Yeah, when you hit the turf, man, oh, you were, yeah, you were done. Just ask Michael Irvin about that. That was a nasty hit. Guys with grit. There you go. The other White Castle with the two-hour super chat. Here's to another great year of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jarrett, spin that UFO. That's awesome. There we go. We love that. It's not. It's not in camera. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Irvin Alvarado with the ten dollars with the ten dollars super chat. Formula E last season races in London with one section of of track indoor with the convention with the uh, convention center um, and the rest outside. NASCAR could do something like that um, for an indoor slash outdoor hybrid street course. Ah, they could. I mean, they would just need uh, to find which. Um, what suggestions would there be for something like that? For <sighs> For a hybrid track, both. Well, I don't think that's the kind of hybrid thing NASCAR is looking at doing in the next yeah. few years. But Tony Stewart's figure eight. That's how. There you, there you Ooh. go. Yeah. There you go. Why not? And then enter Doss with another five dollar super chat. Can we stop saying the Olympics are a big event? No one watches. But yeah, they do. Come on, man. Can okay. I buy his comment back, please? Thank you for the so, five bucks. But a lot of people still watch, though. I, I like the the ratings were fantastic for NASCAR. And I, I didn't say this earlier, but the Olympics had like 11, 10 and a half million people watch. Yeah. So imagine if the Olympics were not on. I mean, we could have seen five, yeah. five and a half, six million people on NASCAR. Yeah, definitely, so. yeah. definitely. They, but people, they are a big deal still. Yeah, yeah. People still, still watch train the their whole though. lives for this moment, <laughs> yeah. man. They got to represent the USA. Whatever you are. Got to represent the country, of course. Isaac with the $2 super chat. NFL sucks. NASCAR blows them in every category. <laughs> Very poor phrase. This is a fantasy world. I want someone, uh, whoever said that, I want them to look up like the top 100 broadcasts that came on cable in 2021. Yeah. And they will see that in the NFL. How how much was that when I was a $2? That was a $2. The NFL. Here, keep the change. (laughs) (laughs) The NFL literally was every one of the top like 30 to 50 broadcasts. Like and then the NBA Finals, I think, had one game or something in there. Yeah. So I want. It's coming back. Gotta do our research. Hey, it's coming NFL back. We're gonna get it back. No, no matter what, it's gonna come back definitely. 
And, uh, well, one of my favorite names, Hot Piss. For wait, Thank you for the $2 super chat. <laughs> What's going to happen to Alvin Kamara's NASCAR deal? Like, I, I don't know. They haven't Two to five years. Well, he knows. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but uh, I'm not sure yet. We'll, uh, we'll, That's uh, pain for me, y'all, bro. Yeah, That's yeah, pain. Definitely. And then Isaiah plays with the $5 super chat. Do you guys think um, there's going to be a part shortage like David Land has been talking about? He's been pissing me off talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, super chat tonight. I love it, bro. I don't it's think it's going to be as bad as Raw is. emotion. Yeah, but, wow. But at the same time, like, it is something to watch. But, yeah, again, it's not the sky is falling yet. I don't know what yeah, David like, said, but, yeah, there is a shortage. I don't know if it's going to really affect the on-track action, but. I mean, <laughs> that's what I get together, man. There's a shortage of everything, bro. I've been, I was talking about the other day. There's a shortage of sugar-free Red Bulls right now. I mean, <laughs> those for my wife the other night, bro. Oh. Our Funyuns. Oh. I was going to say, the way, just regarding the language you use, like, it, there, it's not, is there going to be a shortage? There, There is a shortage. Like, yeah. it is a fact. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not freaking out about it yet. Yeah. But there, there is, it's definitely talking to some of the team members. They are concerned about it. I went to Cracker Barrel last week. They didn't have any bacon. I was <laughs> devastated. I'm telling you, it's no. affecting everybody. That's apocalyptic. The Damn. Bengals yeah. are in the Super Bowl running out of bacon. <laughs> this is apocalyptic times possible. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then uh, Bumstered13, thank you so much for the $2 Super Chat. Race of the Offended, Delicate Fans Ruin Sports. I Okay, that was, just, okay. I, that was just a random one. Okay, well, thank you for your Good 2 job. bucks, sir. And then Lux Luke, thank you so much for the $2 Super Chat. Um... Um, S. Ben uh, Willie, just checking in. What? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this. That hey, means. Willie. Next. Yeah. Willie. Next one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know what that means. I'm sorry, but thank you so much for the two hour super chat. And then I love this. And then Dominic underscore Foxy thirteen. Thank you so much for the two dollar Canadian super chat. Uh, Rick Ware Racing also won two races in the Penty series in 2021. That's right. They do race in Canada. Yeah, that's a good that deal. Dodge. Damn. All over the map. That's right. That's a good deal. Hey, hey. Maybe it's they might win two wins this year. You never know. We'll see. And then Mark B with the $2 Super Chat. Unpopular opinion, but the 2017 Daytona 500 is really good. Yeah, I think it's about a mid mid one to me, for uh, for me personally. But yeah, yeah, they had a pretty good finish. But hey, if you think that's a good one, then hey, more power to you. Then Anter Doss, once again with the $5 Super Chat. Thanks, man. Uh, Darian, be prepared to make another worst Daytona 500 2022 oh edition. Oh, no. With the supply... Oh, no. no. It gets better. With the supply chain shortage, teams will want to save their cars. My two cents. Hey, I mean, we did talk about it I last year. I can see year. that. We could see that, yeah, because 2013, yeah. the first year of the Gen 6, it was a boring race because they just wanted to save their cars, stay single file. Uh, but, you know, it's just funny to me that we keep talking about the parts shortage so much, you know, so early in the season, you know. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I think the 2017 Daytona 500 is a very underrated one. Just, yeah. saying, just because we hadn't really seen a fuel mileage one in a long time. And also, that was I thought that was interesting. You had a lot of guys run out of gas. So. Yeah, it was also the first race with stages as well. So that's another history fact right there. Uh, the other White Castle with the $2 Super Chat, it was surreal to see a race with no Joe Gibbs racing loose lugs. Yeah, it was. It was the first time. First time for everything. Lord knows we would have found out. Yeah. And then Preston Frails with the $2 Super Chat. Thanks, man. 2022 is the year of William Byron and the 24. Hey, perhaps, perhaps, you know. 
hey, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, let me update this. We are almost done, I promise. Okay, a few more. <laughs> North, North Rails with the $2 Super Chat. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to read that. No, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm not reading <laughs> uh, those that. Are, those yeah. are the best ones. Yeah, sorry, man. It, it doesn't, it involves John Westownley. Let's just, let's just leave it at that. So, uh, Groovy Goose, thank you so much for the two-hour super chat. Other drivers use iRacing. Ty Dillon used Wreckfest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That was good. Yeah, that's that was a good. good one right there. And then uh, uh, Nathan uh, or uh, uh, Nathaniel M. Thank you so much for the one dollar super chat. Says nothing, but uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. And hi, Claudia. Claudia Baldwin with the five with the five dollar super chat. Update on Danny B. He is currently fighting L.A. traffic. <laughs> Ooh. I knew it. I knew it. He would at one point. Tell him to get in here and fight me about not having Reddick or Austin <laughs> Dillon in his playoffs. <laughs> she says he I don't know. Hurt. LA traffic's brutal, yeah. man. Me and Dale were like car sick and Ubers like constantly. Mm, that it's sucks. Sucks, that sucks. He is currently fighting LA traffic and he feels the stress as a super speedway racer. LOL. He hates he had to miss. See y'all soon. Yes, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat. And last and, and the final one, Irvin um urban alvarado with the five dollar super chat living in new jersey slash new york we kind of had a shortage of cream cheese <laughs> so so yes supply <laughs> chains shortage yeah is a struggle yeah yeah i feel you bro more evidence for Can't a, live without that a, cream a looming cheese. apocalypse oh man no i love how that you gonna eat bagels bro Oh, that was funny. No, that's a funny one. I love There's, that. There it There's is. Good job, Eric. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, oh there it is. I finally see it. Oh, my God. I'm that's kind of terrifying. It's kind of terrifying. It feels like a funhouse mirror, almost like it's stretched out a little God, bit. God, that's a whole a whole ass meme now, a whole nother meme. I've had a few memes on the show. That's definitely the funniest. So. That's a good one. Thank you, guys. That's a great NFT. Shots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should. Oh, well, we, should we make it an NFT? Nah, I'm playing. Screenshot right MVP, now. Free NFTs, NFTs are all around. Yeah, free, for sure. Great to blockchain. Sure. Well, that'll do it for the Super Chat portion of the show. Thank you guys so much for tonight's edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, but before we go, let's go over what we have in store. Oh, actually, hold on, hold on. Um, before we do that, um, Daytona, um, uh, the Daytona International Speedway's Twitter page recently, um, recently uploaded a video on Twitter of a special fan who, after many, many years of being a loyal NASCAR fan, will finally get to see the Great American Race in person. Just a girl standing next to her dad asking NASCAR to help her out. My dad is the biggest NASCAR fan in the world. Besides being a huge fan, he's gone through a lot of trauma in his adult life and never once has complained. He's had to go through two brain surgeries affected his eyesight, equilibrium, and hasn't been able to taste or smell for a decade. You will not find anyone who would be more grateful or happy than this man. Can you help me get him to the Daytona 500? The Daytona 500. Hey Chip, uh, you got one hell of a daughter uh, in Michaela. We saw her TikTok that she put out and we hope that you're free on February 20th because you are going to the Daytona 500. So, see you soon. Are you excited? 
So that is definitely a feel-good story after all those years of being a diehard NASCAR fan. We'll finally get to see the great American race. Even had uh, the defending Cup Series champion Kyle Larson, uh, you know, uh, tell him the news. Um, I always, I love those feel-good stories. It's uh, always good to see. It's always good to see for sure. Okay. Yeah. So uh, moving on. So um, again, this will uh, that'll do it for this edition of of tonight's NASCAR Weekly Podcast. But next week we have a big one lined up. Next week, join us Wednesday night, February 16th, following Daytona 500 qualifying on Eric Estep's channel. Myself, Eric, and Jarrett will be live in person together for the first time in 2022, getting our post-qualifying reactions to the Daytona 500. You don't want to miss it. So that is one. I can't wait. I always love the in-person shows. Way more energy. Way more energy being in person. We always bring the energy every single time we do the show, but in person... It's like, you know, times 10 when it comes to that. So it'll be great to see you guys again. And are we going to have anybody else at the house or will it just be? Um, we well, not, we don't want to make any promises, well, but there might no, be some yeah. cameos. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps but, there might be some cameos for sure. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, can't wait awesome. for that. Uh, well, I, uh, really quick shout out and a huge thanks to the Garage Guys, both Chase and Dell, for joining tonight's edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Uh, just any final thoughts and also where can people find you on uh, social media? Yeah, I just want to say thanks so much for having us. We've enjoyed it. It's been fun. Uh, gotten to meet, got to meet you guys now at the races. Looking forward to hanging out a little bit more this year. Um, and uh, you can find us at Garage Guys FS everywhere. Uh, Garage Guys NASCAR podcast on YouTube and me personally at Garage Guy Chase everywhere. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having us. This was a blast. Anytime I can sit and talk NASCAR for for a little while, it's it's always refreshing and, and fun. And especially the way you guys do it, the energy is the energy is high. And we're totally with you on the in person stuff, man. We're excited to see you guys in person because we're the same way doing it doing our shows in person. The energy is like times a thousand. So mm-hmm. uh, for me at Dale Tanhart on every single platform, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, that's where you can find me and uh, NASCAR garage guys podcast however you call it whatever but yeah so thank you guys so much this is an absolute blast yeah, so thank, you, thank guys you guys for coming, coming on. on yes for sure yeah, the chat had a good time this yeah. is fun but now before we go one final yeah. thing uh super bowl picks uh go rams by the way let's go i got the rams 27 with 24 you. let's go go rams bro i think the I rams it. will win but i'm going with joe, joe burr i, th- I think that would be a cool story <laughs> I'll go I'm with a- cincinnati 27 24 in overtime they start they uh end the season like they started yeah, it'll be a- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Bengals 34, 31. My roommate is a diehard Bengals I fan. I've been watching Bengals fans with him for like the last decade of my life. So uh, Joe Shiesty is gonna get it done. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. And our boy Evan McPherson is gonna kick a game winner. Damn, but your 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 friend must be on cloud nine not to win a playoff game in like thirty plus years, and now all of a sudden the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. I said earlier, it's the apocalypse, and that's what they think too. Yeah. As Bengals fans, we'll, we'll see if the we'll, we'll see if the Rams show up. Um, you know, they lost one Super Bowl in twenty eighteen. I was a bit of a shithead because I kept talking shit the entire time, <laughs> and I kept annoying people. But this year, I've been calm, cool, collected, and hey, they might win the most important game that matters. So hey, we'll see what happens. But uh, anyways, that'll do it for another edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Do we have the Dale call? Oh, shit. Oh, get the Dale call. Get the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my mic this year. It ain't blowing up. Bye-bye.
Green, green. Holy moly. Take off! Yeah! This guy. Thank you! Yeah! Hell yeah. Great job, man. Let her rip. Rain like hell, baby. Come on. Oh, my God, guys. Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what a year. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.